So last week, we had a special message from Nitro Kart, a.k.a. Muggy Maniac. Don't forget to check him out on YouTube. This week, I have a guest. It's probably almost Friday already where he is, but all the way from Eastern Australia is Mr. Fancy Pants. What's up? What's going on, dude? I just, uh, just broke out of jail. We are known to be convicts down here, so just doing it for the podcast, bro. Damn Australians. Let's hit that uh, intro, man. We got a new intro. Check it out. Nitro is the glory. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast with your hosts tonight, Keenan White, aka Lefty the Great, and if you are unlucky, the Finnish village idiot, JQ. This is the RC Podcast with no name, but plenty of content. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some serious bench racing. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number, I don't know, 114, I think it is, of the No Name RC podcast. I'm losing count. We did a live last week. I didn't put the audio up, so this is 114, I believe. But uh, yeah, my name is Keena White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great, and joining me this week is not JQ. He's too busy at the track. It is actually my good buddy, uh, Zach Ryan from Australia, he is in the background there. I'm going to bring him on and introduce him in a minute before I um, I have to just, you know, do my normal thank you because, I, I you know, I got to say thank you to everybody. We do not have a guest this week. Uh, we're trying to do like a DNC preview type of thing. We will be doing, we're planning some live shows next week for DNC, maybe on Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, still working on that. But uh, yeah, no guests this week. Maybe we get JQ on. Maybe we got a special somebody on to come on and talk a little about a little bit about DNC. But Zach's been to DNC, so we'll talk about that with him as well. Uh, thank you to everybody, man. Thank you to all of the NNRC squad around the world. Without you guys, uh, we can't do none of this. Uh, greatly appreciate your support with all of this. Uh, hey, man, our, our socials are growing. We're up to 30, almost 3,300 likes on Facebook. Keep that going. All right, the Instagram's growing, the followings are coming. I hope you guys are liking the pictures. Thank you for sending me the pictures for the reader's rides. And that YouTube's getting there. It's at 805, 195 to go. And we get to that 1,000 sub uh, uh, level. <clears throat> and I'm going to eat that Toa Satan, in fact. Just in, case, just in case you guys thought I was BSing, here it is. The Toa, I have two of these. And I am going to eat this. When I get a thousand subs on YouTube, watch me suffer. If you haven't seen me suffer yet, check out the Packy Chick Challenge on my YouTube channel. Also, shout out to all the patrons of the podcast. I greatly appreciate your support. Patrons of the NNRC, uh, you guys help things happen, pay bills, help get new product. And when I get back to traveling, help me get to traveling. So thank you guys. If you want to be a patron of the podcast, the link is in the written description here. Every little bit helps. So thank you. Uh, shout out to the awesome companies that sponsor this podcast. We have Mayako. Uh, they had a video drop a couple of weeks ago, and we haven't really heard anything about them, uh, the mystery that is Mayako, but maybe we'll hear something here soon. So thank you to Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Manscaped.com. Don't forget your promo code for Manscaped in the, written, in the description of this podcast. Sun City RC, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, JQ Threads, Wally Builds, RCGP, House of RC, 
Um, I'm probably forgotten somebody, but yeah, check out, go to House of RC, sign up, check out Wally, JQ Threads, all of that stuff. And of course, my JQ Racing family around the world. The Ghani, man, he went out in 140 plus this week at JBRL. Amazing, completely amazing. Uh, a special shout out to my people that helped me out a lot here in the podcast. They are Rowan the Barbarian, Adam, and um, yeah, my boy Weldon, who's always helping me out. So thank you to uh, those guys for their help. And enough of me babbling on. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the support. Thank you, all the companies. Remember, everybody, showing our sponsors some love. Show us the podcast some love. So go show them some love. We have affiliate links. We have uh, promotional, promotional codes for you to save some money. Show the, the sponsors some love. Let's bring on Zach. I think he's anxious. He's probably into a few, had a few beers, and that's great because I love it when we get a few beers on, and uh, we and you know we start talking RC. What's up, Zachary? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Can I call you Zachary? Ah, uh, you can if you want to, man. No one really calls me that though. Okay, that's exactly <laughs> why I call you that. I like using your full name. <laughs> Uh, what's up? Welcome again to the podcast. Uh, you you have been on the podcast previously. We did an interview with you last year sometime. I don't remember the show number. Maybe I should have that in my notes, but I don't. So that's that's fine. But uh, you are going to be a part of the rotational co-host of the podcast, which I greatly appreciate. Uh, you you are actually are a minor, so you work one week on and one week off. So it'll be every couple of weeks that you come on. So thank you for your time, man. Yeah, man. Absolute pleasure. Eh? I mean, the podcast is, is doing so good. I mean, it's something, you know, that we all always listen to down here. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool to, to be on the show. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you for your support, man. Um, You, Ben Panic, and a, a bunch of the Australian guys support have supported the podcast from the get-go. Um, I greatly appreciate it. You have a blog that we post up on the No Name RC podcast website called Mr. Fancy Pants that you call yourself that. I think, Jake, you gave you that name, I believe. Yeah, well, I'm actually the fancy pants sidekick um, that JQ <laughs> called me. So Ben Panic is actually the original fancy pants, but um, I guess we go on those in the same category if you're listening to JQ, probably. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I can't wait to get you and him together one day on this podcast. I think it's going to be so awesome. And shout out to Ben Panic as well. Mister, He's the original Mr. Fancy Pants, I guess. Um, yeah, he, he's the man. Uh, great dude. Great dude. I enjoy my conversations with Ben. Uh, so check out Zach's blog on the NNRC website. It's Mr. Fancy Pants. Uh, we have a we have three blogs on my ramblings. Uh, Zach's really good at writing. Um and Brian Martinek also released one, uh, Tales of a 40-plus Racer. But just to give people a little background on you, Zach, you, you've been into RC for quite a long time. You've written for an Australian RC magazine. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, so I started racing when I was 14. So, you know, that's 20 years ago. It's pretty scary to think of, that it's gone that long. But, um, I mean, what a hobby, man. It's It's a passion that I love and... You know, it's it's not just about racing cars. It's the mateship. It's going overseas and traveling and 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 having a good time with your friends as well. And you know, RC's brought so much of that um, in my life. And you know, people look at you funny when you say you race RC, but they've just got no idea about you know the breadth of the opportunities that it, that it gives you. Um, and you know, magazine writing for the magazine was one of them. Really, like um, I was 
racing at some major races in Australia and uh, managed to meet the the owner and editor of Racing Lines and um, he got me pretty much on the books and um, started writing for the magazine and, and gave me heaps of opportunity and, and flew me around, you know, a lot of countries in Asia, um, New Zealand, uh, South Africa. Um, so, yeah, you know, I would never have got this opportunity without RC, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> RC's been very good to me. Lots of opportunities, meeting awesome people. That's I. That's one of the biggest things that's uh, been good for me. It's it's great because you've like we had Stephen Best on there, and he was the editor of the American magazines, and he's extensively traveled. Um, but you have extensively traveled in the Asia Femka, uh, region. So that's it's good to have. But you also have traveled to. You've been to a DNC. You've been to Worlds. You've been to Neo races. Uh, you've traveled, like I said, traveled all around Australia, all around Asia. So you like, just so people know, you aren't some guy who just stays in his region. Like you've traveled the world for RC. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess because Australia is actually literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, you don't really hear much about what's going on down under, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's a bit of a shame that the magazine is no longer. Um, with this and, and running, but, um, you know, this, this, the racing down in Australia is still yeah. live and strong. And, um, you know, I think we've got a great competition down here. It's just, we've got to travel a really long way to get to any of the major races. And, um, you know, it's something that we would like to do more often. Um, obviously the current situation is not allowing that, but, um, when, when the borders open again, you know, we're, we're definitely keen to, to get on a plane and, and get back overseas. Yeah, a lot of people don't, myself, now that we have JQ races there, I've, and I met the Dexters at, at RCGP, and I was amazed at just the, mostly Aaron and Ben. Ben was good too. He's, but I was utterly amazed that, like, Aaron came there and he raced JBRL. He went to a couple of club races. He came to California and duked it out with SoCal's best and held his own. I mean, yeah. he finished third at RCGP. He did well at JBRL. And you guys have, and he's like, I would say third fastest in, in Australia because you have obviously yeah, Kyle and, McBride. Uh, yeah, Kyle, Kyle and Alex are probably dueling it out at the moment. Um, both, you know, exceptional drivers. Um, but yeah, Dexter, he's come along a long way, man. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been able to race with him for probably a year now um, <laughs> because everything that's gone on, right. but like he was, he was super fast last time I raced him. So yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Like when we get all back together, even in yep. Australia, um, because we're all separated yep. by a big distance in Australia. So we don't even get to race um, too often. So, I mean, if you compare it, you know, Australia is about as wide as America pretty is. Much. So, you know, from East coast to West coast, it's, you know, it's a bit of a trip to get from one side to the other. Yeah, and a name that we're gonna say a lot in our in our conversations is Alex Bernardzek. Uh I've said it quite a few times on this podcast. This this young man, he, he, nobody knows about him outside of Australia, but I believe he's faster than Kyle McBride, and I believe Kyle McBride is extremely talented. Yes, he has to work harder. I believe he has to work harder. He should be. No offense, he should be out of Australia traveling and doing... He should have been doing this years ago. I've said this many times. But Alex is extremely talented, and he's taken it to him, and I would like to see him start traveling when things are better. 
hopefully start traveling more and <clears throat> getting his name out there because people are going to be amazed at what this kid at what this young man can do and and that's the difficult part of the moment because you know he can't go and race against the top drivers and that's what he needs to do if he wants to to get to that next level like yeah he's he doesn't really have the competition like he races every every fortnight to mm -hmm. nearly every week in australia um but you know he needs to be racing against the good competition um in europe and and the states you know like that's how he's going to get to that next level and, and there's no no question that he's got the potential i mean he's he's 18 years old and you know like the raw pace that he's got is is exceptional so he just needs to get over there and and do it once the the borders open i agree man i agree um i'm looking forward to seeing his journey he's young he, he drives ae like he's like you guys kept telling me about him but now i'm seeing it and i'm, I'm looking at his his laps and i'm like yeah, this kid is, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's he's the truth so it's amazing the talent that's coming out of uh I want to say a very compared to the rest of the regions, obviously Europe and, and Asia and um, America. Uh, Australia is a very small region for RC, but it's it's got a deep history. It's been racing for a long. They've been you guys were racing for a long time. Ten scale as well, and there's been plenty of fast individuals to come out of out of Australia, and uh, it it's it looks good. Like you guys have a healthy, healthy even you where you are because. Another great thing about you is, and we're going to talk about this on the thought of the week, but you you are very involved in your club, uh, which is Pine. Can we, what, what's, the, what's the club called again? Uh, it's Pine Hills Dirt Racing is the club, yeah. Right. And I mean, you have, I've had people ask me to get more people that run clubs because I know clubs aren't really a big thing in America. Big in right. Europe, big in other countries. Um, but I think what you guys are doing there is people should copy because it is a shining example of what a club track should be, how it's run. You guys numbers have improved greatly as just getting new people in and doing more club racing. So kudos to you guys. We will talk about that more, All but right. you can touch on it a little bit real quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the club that I started when I first started racing um, and it's gone through some ups and downs and, and the biggest thing that's changed in the club is the surface. I mean, if you've got the best facilities in the world, but your surface is terrible, people just aren't going to race there. So, you know, your surface is going to make or break your track or your facility or your club or whatever you want to call it. And, and we're lucky now that we've, we've found something that is really like made the track and the surface absolutely awesome. Like it is, it's transformed it and the numbers are demonstrating that, you know, like probably 18 months ago, we were getting probably five or six to a club day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now we're getting, you know, regularly, you know, upwards of 50 plus. Um, so yeah, that's good. Um, that's amazing. That's yeah. It's been a, it's been a good turnaround and, and, you know, now we're at this position that I think it's only going to, to grow the numbers further because you know people turn up and they see that there's lots of people involved and um but we, we've got to do quite a few things now just to to make sure that it's enjoyable for everyone because you know you start getting big numbers and then the day gets longer and people don't enjoy it as much they're going to go home tired mm -hmm. so you know as much as um jq said it over and over again we want to try and get as much racing in 
as little of part of our day as possible, right? So, as Adam says. I mean, that's a hard thing to actually say that I really, know. really fast, yeah. right? But <laughs> that is what we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, we've tried a few different formats and we're still mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just having having sort of schedules and, and time frames and calculators to work out if you're doing different styles of formats, how long it's going to go in the day and, and trying to make sure that it, that it stays within a reasonable time frame, so you know people aren't leaving the track tired, and they can go home and have dinner and go and have a beer or something, and 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 then they leave the track in a happy state, right? Yes. They don't want to. You don't want them going home, going, "Oh man, I'm so exhausted from racing. I don't want to go do that again." Yeah, I I agree, man. Um, I I'm def. This is my motto. Um, I know you guys don't really have this in Australia, but we need to use these bigger races that we have to promote RC, to get people into it. And the club racing scene is where people learn and enjoy it. And uh, you know, you know what I mean? Just get to enjoy what they're doing and learn because they have people like you. I mean, even you, you had a, you released a pamphlet, which I thought was really awesome. Uh, I believe yeah. it was a pamphlet. Just was it, I, I think it was about the basics or like just for a new person getting in what they can what they can do and and what like to help them out i believe that's what it was right yeah so we called it a racing guide and the amount of new people that would come to the track and they go oh i never knew this was going on what's this all about and you'd answer the same questions over and over again and you know it's pretty daunting for a new person right they turn up and they go i don't know what car i need to get what servos engines electronics batteries chargers like the list of of different things that you need to get. It's not like you just go and buy one package. Mm-hmm. You actually go and buy all these separate components. So people need a guide. So they, they go and buy the right equipment from the start. Yes. Um, and then, and then really just information around, you know, what the facilities are, what racing schedule is, what the calendar is for the year. So they know when they can come and race, um, and right down to basics to, you know, how you should be setting up your engine and, and, you know, installing it, making sure you've got rubber bands on the carby. You know, it's just a, a big sort of guide that they can actually the carby, read through. The, we had our first Australianism, a carby, a carburetor, people, just in case you didn't notice. Yeah. I caught onto that. People seem to be like, you what's a carby? a carby, man. A carburetor. People. Come on, man. Who's, who's saying carburetor? Like, that's just it's way too long, man. Oh, you know, I just say carb, but I've never heard carby. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, so so the guide's been pretty good, and it's just something that you can just give people when they first turn up. Um, and you know, once I've started doing it and and promoting it, um, the people that have been turning up to the track have actually read the guide, and they're turning up with the right gear from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just made a big it's made a big difference to them starting off and on the right step, opposed to going out and buying something that's junk and, and exactly. having difficulties from the start, you know? So. Yeah. We, you know, there are tracks in America that are doing positive things like that to uh, a Mark moon. And I'm not sure which track it is in Georgia, but they have like, they're really pushing for newbies to come in and they have like signs that say, Hey, don't be afraid to ask questions. We're here to help everybody. You know what I mean? Cause some people get, oh, there. yeah. Yeah. So I need to get hundred percent. Yeah. What we've been doing, like we have a, a regular Wednesday practice session um, and you know, it's not racing. It's just come down and you can drive on the track for as many laps as you want to do. And, you know, we'll have the barbecue going, um, you know, have drinks and stuff there. And, 
And like, I won't even really take my car down in most instances. You just going down there to just help people out. Um, and they just need that, that little bit of a step when they first turn up, you give, give them a welcome and bring them into the club. Um, and then they stay around, you know, they don't just come and do one, one run for one day and then you never see them again. Yeah. That you give sucks. them a good experience to start with, man. And they all keep coming back and then the numbers grow and they say, Oh, you know, they tell their friend that this is a really welcoming place. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got something that's, that's growing and, and not declining. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. And, and, and we're going to go into your permanent track and surface when we talk about, uh, because I think that's important too. Uh, I think this is something when you come on, I think we kind of have to talk about is your track and how it's going. Because I think, like I said, this is just a great example for everybody around the world. I'm not saying everybody can do this, but it's definitely some things that can be taken from what you guys are doing to help improve their current uh, tracks. So good stuff. Zach, you know what? It's time to pay some bills and get into some of the RC news. We don't have much right. to talk about. But uh, yeah, you know, it's time for the Manscaped RC News. Zach, do you Manscaped? I get to do this with somebody new, so this is fun. Um, you know, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is the one-stop shop for all of our family jewel grooming needs, you know? I like to say... I know you're saying. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you cut through the jungle to find your manhood, and my, as my wife says, it makes it look bigger too. So... You know, we have this lawnmower 3.0. It's a waterproof uh, LED light razor with replaceable blades that you use, and it's supposed to not nick your nuts. Because I don't know if you've ever shaved on there and nicked your nuts, but it's definitely not something you want to do because it hurts. And it kind of puts you out of commission for a couple of weeks. So your wife won't be happy or your girlfriend's or girlfriend or a significant other will not be happy, and you won't be happy. So... Manscape has this cool kit that comes with the Beluga uh, underwear, which I think is abs absolutely great. A ball deodorant and spritzer, which I actually still have, I've been using it. It keeps just things nice and fresh on there. Nice, it's a nice musky smell. That's the best way I can describe it. <clears throat> and this lotion that you can use like for after you shave and all that stuff. And you buy replaceable blades. But I also use this for my, my beard. It has a great charger port. Uh, you know what? They sponsor the podcast. If you guys are into this type of stuff, make your wife happy. Or maybe your wife might want one, but you could go to www.manscaped.com, use the promo code NONAME in all caps, and you will save 20% off your order as well as free shipping. Zach, get into the manscaping, man. We got to cut through the jungle and find the manhood. So, Yeah, man, I'll tell the missus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Manscaped uh, for the support. We don't have much news going on this week. Um... Zach, but we did have the, the main race I want to talk about this week was the Thunder Alley race, uh, uh, which we might as well say this was the DNC warm up race because okay, um, yeah. I just we kind of talked about it in private. Uh, we it, we went there and I'm I'm just shocked, absolutely. Sh I mean, we're gonna talk more about this in, in our DNC preview, but this is the warm up race. We haven't had a race like this for DNC in a long time because there hasn't been at a permanent track. Well, Fur Farm was a permanent track, but you know, uh, it, it, not like this. Not like what we're seeing right here. People are able to get to the track, know the surface. Well, people like Drake know the surface. Anyway, this is his home track. Well, why why wasn't everyone there? I don't understand. Like, I don't know. The opportunity to go and cut laps for, and get everything sorted before the meet and 
what they're not all there i don't understand well it looked like they had half the pros there well it didn't have no pros there the only pros there were rivkin and drake really if you were talking about top pros and but what it was all the other pros were at uh the ins race at hobbyplex so they were all racing 10 scale so talking about 10 scale man well what is these guys have to what it is they have to um there was supposed to be a DNC warm-up two weeks ago, but it got snowed out. So that's what they were planning to go to. But I think this has messed up a lot of these teams' strategy. I mean, look at TLR. They missed SIC, did CRCRC, yeah. and their plan was to do DNC warm-up. And now, like, I got video of Cavallari there on a Monday night after JBRL because he, I, I just think he was not happy with his performance there. And But that's good. That's good to see that he's at the track Dunford was there and they were just I think they're still trying to get um that that platform for him figured out man yeah uh, the the time that I went over to DNC we went over and um we had a couple of days at Thunder Alley before uh we drove down to Arizona that was when it was in Arizona at the time and Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Cav was there and he was doing lots of testing with the associated back in that day. Mm. And he was not happy with that car. Like, I don't know if you remember, they tried to copy the Kosho yes. back in the day. And like, he was going off his tree at his dad. Like, I cannot drive this car. This car's terrible. <laughs> so maybe it's deja vu, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought they the the well, didn't look too bad. I, I, I think I'm sure they'll get it sorted. Well, they got this weekend coming up. Um, I would want all my guys there this weekend. Uh, I don't know what the deal is if you can practice this weekend, but I think everybody's going to do the palm. Oh, I'm just missing all this. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it more on the, in the DNC stuff. <laughs> but um, Drake, man, Drake just caught up on everybody here. And this is something that I want to say, and he's going to be somebody to watch going into this race because people don't understand this is Adam Drake's backyard. He has a key yeah. to, to this track. He's He knows everything about this track. I can see Drake. And so, in one of these classes, e-buggy, nitro buggy, or pro, e-buggy, or pro e-buggy, if he runs it, being on the podium and at least one of, and not the five-man podium, a three-man podium on at least one of these. At least one of these races. And not 40-plus. If he races 40-plus, he'll win that, obviously. But um, it's interesting to see and I just wanted to say something that we even we I have to say, Greg Dagani, holy shit. He has not <laughs> raced for one year since last DNC 2020, and it was shitty for him. He, he hated it. I have ha- had him complaining for the last month and a half about diff gears, and he's rebuilding his whole new JQ car because he needs this. And every time I talked to him, it was about diff gears. And I mean, I will be honest with you, a lot of people don't give Greg his credit, but... This old guy still can go out there. He races against everybody in that 40-plus race, races regularly. And he went out there and beat them. He beat them all. I, I think people always say Greg got lucky and won his world championship. Yes, luck is a part of it. But this man, like, he's 43 years old, doesn't race for a year, and still beats people that shouldn't he shouldn't even be touching after not racing for a year. So good shout out. I have to give Degani his props. Of, on that one yeah and he's, uh, I, I did read his post I liked how he commented that he was running like a $179 engine or something like yeah, that SH engine 
Yeah. He loves this. This well, is what the Gandhi we're loves. Actually, we're actually been running the SH engines in the uh, in the new Ignite gas truck. Uh-huh. Um, and they're like super cheap on A-Main. Oh, yeah. You like, guys have got the engines this gas are good, truck. So. Loving yeah. those Ignite yeah, trucks. No, can... Let's see the shirt. Stand up, suit, suit up a little bit. Show the Ignite shirts. Yeah, man. Repping. Chad Parker has uh, made some great kits, man. You guys have had your fun with them. I, I see a lot of people having them. Greg, this is what... Uh, I just think this is super impressive. Out of everything that happened, like Drake won and all that type of stuff, yes, I'm not surprised about that. I'm a bit surprised about Cavs finish, but the Gandhi go in there beating like Ronda... Okay, beating Ronda Drake, beating Saxton. Like, okay, maybe Saxton doesn't race as much as those guys, but he definitely drives a lot more than, than Greg, so... He's all yeah, excited Saxon, about Saxon's pretty good, man, yeah. on a wheel, eh? Like on his day, he can do, he can drive pretty good. So, oh yeah, and that time Degani did something with himself, so that's good. <laughs> People don't understand. He has not raced since since DNC twenty twenty, and he did not enjoy himself. So, congratulations, JBR JBRL Thunder Alley. I'm not, you know, like it's an, it's another JBR race, but what made this exciting was that it's actually at the track where dnc is going to be next weekend so kudos to the people that made the trip to there I, I i shout out spencer rifkin and jackson brunson they probably i think uh i think rifkin wants to make an amy in this year so um he's in he's in hard work and the other race was the ins which is the inter, i think it's the inter indoor winter nationals held by jbrl i think it is it was held at hobbyplex which is an indoor track in america it's it's also an eight scale track. It this is Tebow's kryptonite track. This is where Tebow goes to race eight scale and he gets beat. Legitimately right. beat. That was the track with like the blue infield and yes. stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did see some video of that. It looked pretty good. Yes. Look, got some rhythm section back in there again. Like a lot of the tracks. I don't know. They just seem to be like really open and flowing and there just doesn't seem to be the slow technicality like they used to. Mm-hmm. And it just looked like there was a little bit more slow technicality on this track. It was, it was good to see that style of track again, because, you know, sometimes you're watching that, that off-road um, open 10 scale stuff. And it just, you know, they just can't have the close racing because mm-hmm. it's just so fast yes. and, and open. I think they, it's good to see some sort of older style supercross tracks again. Yes. It's good to see. Uh, and I just want to touch on this because a lot of pro guys went to this. So the Dakota fan, he completely dominated. TQ'd four-wheel uh, drive, two-wheel drive, won both A1s and A2s and sat out both A3s. Uh, Mayfield was second in uh, two-wheel drive. It looks like these are uh, these two-wheel drive. Yeah, these are two-wheel drive. Aiden Horn, he's a young guy we have to watch out for in America. Um, he's coming. He's now factory eight scale, uh, one a, um, AE from factory tracks. That's he was a part of that factory track. I don't know if you heard me talk about it. Factory tracks they kind of raise young guys to to be racers, and he's he's a product of that. And I believe Renekonek was a part of that. I believe Horn and Renekonek, who came forth, are living together and doing. Okay. The, and doing the RC dream, they're actually on their way to being these are kids. These the kids, these are young men that I think we are going to see really do take it to some of these guys this year. And at DNC, Blake Champlin, Brock's Brock's brother, who's still running Associated, eighth, Mason Fuller. <laughs> um, I th- uh, I just want to say real quick, shout out to Mason Fuller and his dad. I I don't know if his father passed away or is is not doing too well. I saw some posts so. 
condolences to them and i hope if his father's you know i just not too sure what's going on with that but i saw this morning before we at least that sir just this race had all these guys with seth and dale in 10th this is his home track too so, so this ha- this was stacked but i guess these guys have to go to this this is on the on the schedule but if i'm a if me i'm like i want seth van dalen I want Aiden Horn. I want Fend and Mayfield. Rena Connect. I want these guys at the at, at JBRO this past weekend. Yeah. So I don't know. Kudos yeah, for pretty, those guys. It's, it's pretty. Um, it's pretty big race. I I just maybe the hype has just not been there this year. But um, yeah, I'm sure the race is going to be going to be good. But you know, these guys can race on on anything, right? Like. Every race that Mayfield's going to, he's at the pointy end. It's just, I know, man. He's just, he is on another level at the moment. Hey, I know. I think the only, I think the only person that can outright, I all right, and I'm, I know I'm going to swing off his nuts a little bit, but I think the only person that could come right now and give and beat Mayfield anywhere, anytime, any place, is David Ronnefeld. Even though he hasn't raced for a year, I think he can still come out and beat anybody, any one of these guys, anytime, anywhere, any place. Because he's racing yeah, these guys in his brain, and, and he is so, and he's got the confidence, man. Like he, you know, he is going there knowing that he can, he can put it to him. So you know, that's that's half the battle in RC. It's all in the head in some cases when that when you're at this level. So um, I was teasing him. But, I was like, I know you're going to be watching DNC from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, and just, oh man, he so wants to be there. And just imagine you being there racing. And um and 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 you're gonna look at everything and you're gonna be like I would have done this differently, and I would have done this differently. But maybe maybe he yeah. comes on later to talk about that. You know, this could have been like well, he he could have been three time world ch- DNC champion in 2020 had it not been for the 2019 and that bloody light pull that took him out. But uh, that's racing, you know. So that's that's unfortunate with with, with the Viking. And hopefully he comes on to talk about it a little bit more. So. INS race was full 10 scale I guess I guess the companies are just like hey we'll have people we got a week we'll go out there this weekend and do the typical DNC thing that most people do and um, I really don't have any more RC news it's not much going on and I refuse to talk about colored washers and um, uh, hoodie hoodie uh, knives and stuff like that I'm sorry I just refuse oh, to do that terrible, man. I just refuse yeah. to do that you can Let's send that, that to the other news sites. I'm not going to promote that type of stuff. Unless it's something cool. Like I did see some pistons, the VRP pistons that came out. Um, super tuner pistons. But I kind of want to ask uh, JQ or somebody about that. Who, who's used them. All right, man. Um, you know what, dude? We have to go on uh, to the RC, um, the Sun City RC thought of the day, man. So we're going to um, talk about uh, this is funny because this is actually sponsored by a track, and we're going to talk about tracks on this and track surfaces. So, the thought of the RC thought of the week is brought to you by Sun City RC Raceway, home of El Paso's world famous, true old school motocross inspired eight skill off road track. From handicap accessibility and covered pits to drop gate starts, this world class facility has everything needed to give you the professional feel with the amazing country views to match. SCRC has four acres of parking with plenty of room for RVs, trailers, 
And plenty of lights so the racing can carry on onto the night and as well in your pits with well-lit pit areas. SCRC is privately owned by the Shawas family. Joey, awesome dude. Christian, awesome. And Corbin. And they have over 20 years of experience in the RC business. They even own their own equipment so they can do frequent track changes because, you know, they like to do frequent track changes. And they build uh, one-off tracks for bigger races when they have a bigger race. I believe they have the TNR race coming up. You can follow them on Facebook under Sun City RC Raceway. And thank you, Sun City RC Raceway, for bringing you the RC Thought of the Week. And, Zach, this is pretty counterproductive because this is... This is Sun City RC Raceway. It's a privately owned track, by the way. Um, it's owned by the Charles family, so it is a it is run for profit, but it's it doesn't need profit to stay afloat because they earn the land and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty good. Um, they do like to do frequent track changes, which is an American thing. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But what you guys are doing there in Australia is completely different. Um, you have a permanent set. I would say permanent track. You can make small changes. But it's the surface yeah, that we want to talk about. The surface is okay. what we want to talk about. And I think yeah. this is what we can, if people can do this in America, would make a difference. Or even if you have a track and you just, you want to have a better surface. So let's talk about your surface at the Pine Hills RC Raceway. I think I said that right. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, so it's a, a biodegradable vegetable oil. So um, like if you were to, find a material safety data sheet for instance it's going to tell you that the substance is non-hazardous it's you you know you consume it it's a, it's edible right so it's what you cook cook your food in so um you know it's not not a crude oil you're not putting something on the surface that is going to damage the the ground and like we've we've put it down and and you know like there's some sections of the track which we haven't run for a long time and the grass eventually does grow back over it um and it you know, breaks back down again. Um, but, you know, for, for the tracks that, that you maintain with rollers and that sort of thing, um, it's it's pretty good. Like it really cuts down the maintenance and um, like comparable probably to like a blue groove feel, um, but without the tie wear, um, mm -hmm. you know, you get a you get a good blue groove in Australia on like some sort of pure clay tracks, um, and the tire wear can be quite bad. Like you've really got to be on a like an S two or a really hard compound, and you'd probably be difficult to get one hour out of a set of tires, and they're they're bald. Um, which you know when you're trying to look at you know having sustainable club racing for people that are starting out, um, you want to have something that's going to be consistent and cheap and easy and they're not going to get scared away straight away so um that's that's definitely what we've found with this surface um it does take a little bit to to prepare um exactly yeah. explain how you guys easier. prepare the surface so you build the track and then you yeah. you till it up you till up the upper layer the top layer or how does it work no so uh we're pretty lucky we've got two rollers like like quite large rollers that we mm -hmm. sit on and drive around. Um, so we roll the track and pack it in pretty hard. Uh, and then and then we'd generally soak the track and let the track settle. Um, and then, yeah, get keep the moisture in, in the dirt. Um, and then we've just pretty much just got a transfer pump. Uh, we'll have the oil in like thousand liter pod containers and we pump it directly onto the surface. Um, 
you know, making sure the track has got a bit of moisture because you don't want the surface to have cracks and stuff mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just broom it around on the surface uh, and then you put the rollers straight back on it um, and you're rolling the surface with the oil on the on the, on the the top layer um, and you're actually pushing the oil into the dirt with the rollers. Uh, and, the, and, you know, the dirt doesn't pull up or stick to the um, to the rollers because it's, it's covered in slippery oil. So um, you end up like getting a really nice polished finish on the surface. Um, and then um, you generally need to leave the surface for sort of probably about two weeks just to let it all sort of sink in. Um, and, and then um, what we've been doing recently is we'll, we'll just get sort of like dry dirt that hasn't got oil on it. Um, at, at this stage, it's been sizzle, like sitting on the surface for two weeks mm-hmm. um, and it's sunk mostly into the into the surface and then um, we'll just broom dry dirt around on the surface and then roll the track again. Um, and that is really it. Uh, and then the, the surface is pretty good for, for about a year. Um, so you only have to do it conditions. once a year to treat it once a year with oil? Uh, that's like a major treatment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you do, if you do a track change though, you change it as well, correct? Yeah. So the oil is actually only really sitting in like the, the top, maybe five mil mm-hmm. of the, of the dirt. So um, we've got pretty pure clay. Like if you didn't put oil on, like it's just got no grip whatsoever. Right. Um, and it, like we used to run it and it would just blow out and you'd have to put thousands of liters of water in it and it would still blow out. And then like, it was good to start with. And then because it's blown out, people are struggling to make jump sections. And if they're just starting out, they just, they just leave, mate. They just don't come back because, and you've got to go and fix the track after every club day, Mm -hmm. um, to get it back into a state that, that people feel like they can drive around and, and make the jump sections properly. Um, because not everyone is, you know, quite good at driving an RC car from the get-go. So um, that's where, with you know, the oiled surface, the track stays pretty consistent. It doesn't break up. And um, if it doesn't you know, break up anywhere out. at all, does any part get broken up? Well, I mean, with our dirt, it does a little bit, um, but we've got rollers, so we just roll it back again, and it just—it's like a brand new track. So, like most of our maintenance is typically just rolling the surface again. Um, you know, it's not like you're going to form large potholes. There might be a few small chips here or there, um, but once you're rolling it, it just pushes right. it all flat again. Right. What I mean is, like, you don't get the broken parts, and then get the dust coming up and and losing grip at, at certain points or uh i mean we blow the track okay um but like if we're hosting a race day um we're not even blowing the track um through the day it's pretty consistent the whole day um and you don't yeah you don't get that sort of slippery dusty surface um you know with sections blowing out it just that doesn't seem to happen so and this isn't an old thing. Uh, this isn't a new thing. Sorry, uh, they've been doing it in England for very long, mainly because it just rains so much. How, how does it exactly? What? Yeah, when it rains, it, how quick can you guys be back racing? If it, if it rained, had a shower, like how long yeah. do you just swap? Like we just blow it off or brush off the dirt? And yeah, you just blow it. You just blow it off. That's right. Broom, broom will blow the the water off like our track's pretty elevated so mm-hmm. we've got piping um and you sort of just sweep towards the piping and then it drains drains off um and then we've just got a heap of blowers as long as you get the 
the moisture back off the surface. Um, like it's quite slippery if it's got some moisture on it. Um, but like we had a pretty big downpour the other day. Um, we just had a few people out there on brooms and broomed it off and we were back racing again, um, you know, probably 15, 20 minutes after it rained. Um, and like, it was pretty heavy rain. Mm -hmm. Um, and the cars were coming off like perfectly clean. Like if you had a normal clay track, people would be grabbing buckets and brushes and their tires would be all clogged up. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, like I'll do a club day now and like I'm 10 minutes on the compressor or five minutes on the compressor and the thing looks like a brand new car. Um, and so like my maintenance now is is so minimal compared to what it used to be um and that's good so, for newbies too yeah. newbies as well because they have less they can spend less time maintenance well obviously they can they have to learn great maintenance but you know what i mean just like when you have to completely strip your car change all the bearings because it's so they're so gritty and stuff like that becomes a pain in the ass um tire wear uh and track changes so you you one thing you mentioned is that tires last a long time and there's a specific tire i believe you run her that works great or how does it work um yeah so most of the drivers are probably on an m3 slide lock or like a blue rehab um it's those those two tires seem to be pretty comparable um so in in a lot of ways because we've controlled the surface um we've controlled the tire as well mm -hmm. um because there's not not like a standout well there is a standout tire in each manufacturer so right. it's not like everyone's needing lots of different compounds and lots mm -hmm. of different tread patterns um so when people turn up you can say well everyone's running this tire and this compound um and that compound will work from seven in the morning until really? 10 p.m. at night, you know. So that's that's yeah, perfect. We, how many? How many? Like, if you was having a race there, how long would a set of tires? Like, how many sets of tires would you take to race? If you know, you just said, okay, I want to qualify in tires. Like, you know how people get. We have these one runs. We want the bestest. I kind of just want to oh, go yeah. there and just go. All right, this tire works. I need one for qualifying and maybe one for my main. One set I, th I think i think that would probably be the extent of it mm -hmm. um especially like with new tires if they've got a little bit of an edge on it the grip can be mm -hmm. a little bit aggressive so you kind of want tires that have had you know probably 10 minutes right um of running on them um and then they're pretty good for about two hours after that so and then i'm sure um, i'm sure you can use these to go out and practice as well later um like your race yeah, tires definitely. It's kind of like how yeah. I did it back in the day when, like, I always say we need to go back to old school and, and learn me. I know that's not coming back. It Maybe we'll have some of that, but it was back like you ran crime fighters, you ran uh, you ran crime fighters, you used uh, you used a set for qualifying, then you put a brand new set on for your main, and then the next week you used that same set for maybe practice or your quality. You know, kind of like that, the following race. Yeah. And I think what you guys are doing with the oil you don't have spec tire, but you have control tire. So you, like you said, you know which tire works. You don't need five different sets of compounds. You need one compound, one tread pattern, maybe two sets of tires for a race day. Saves yeah. you so much money. Makes it so much easier for the new person to just oh, concentrate so on much driving. Easier. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and some of the drivers who have started at our club over the last year have gone to other tracks and 
they are just blown away at the complexity of choosing the right tire and compound now um, on just a, a real base natural dirt. Um, it, they really got thrown for six just at how like that is such a large component of the racing now to be fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the times, you know, you've got to be a tire scientist to, to go quick if you get the right tire um, in natural dirt, it can make such a such a difference. While when the track is a little bit more controlled, it's more about car setup and, and driver ability, um, in my opinion, than, you know, you can have the best driver out there, but if they're not on the perfect tire on a natural clay track, then they, they're probably going to struggle to be at the pointy end now with yes. the competition yes. the way it is. I agree. I agree. I like that. Um, and just how big, how big is your track? Like, what are your, what are you guys lap times? And I would say, what's the, the length of it in meters or feet? Do you know? Uh, I don't know in, in meters, a quick lap, um, on our, like the largest layout that we've got is about the 39 second okay. mark. So, okay. So um, you have two tracks in one, you have a short, a short version and a, a long version, which I think is, this is good. Yeah, we've actually got like seven to eight different layouts or something in, really? in the one okay. one track. So um, we've spent a lot of time like trying to build different jumps mm-hmm. in in different ways. So you can just move a pipe, um, and then you can you can have a different layout. So that way, while we've made a semi permanent track um it can still be flexible so like one club meet will run this layout and then the next one will will change it up a little bit so people feel like they're getting a bit of variety even though the the track is staying the same that that's pretty good uh, that that's that's excellent actually and um changes what type when you do make a change what is it that you guys kind of do yeah, I mean, it's not too bad now. I think now we've worked out the process of getting the oil into the dirt, um, you know, really putting the oil down mm-hmm. and rolling it in. It seems to be the best method. Um, before we were putting it, like we would rebuild the track and then we'd just put the oil on and then we'd just like wait for weeks to try and get the thing to soak into the dirt. Um, but now, yeah, like we will, we'll just get it like, typically we get a track bobcat um, and yeah, I'll just rip up the track and, and build the new section. Um, we'll give it a good soaking and then, um, yeah, you're putting the oil down on that day, basically. Nice, man. Um, and how many, how much oil do you use for a, a heavy layer of the whole track, you think? Um, well, now it's in the dirt. We don't really need much at all, right? right? So we could probably do like a quite a heavy coating for about 500 liters for the whole track right um but when we first did it uh we were probably putting about 10,000 liters down so oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. and it's about 30 cents a liter um because it's used oil that we Mm -hmm. you know use cooking oil right so um it was about three grand um but like that investment's paid back right because it's in the dirt so quickly yeah like even if you have to move that track i would try and ship that dirt auditor you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. i mean if you had maybe a a little excavator with a flat blade bucket on it you might be able to scrape that top layer off right um so it's it's a little bit tricky to to probably peel up but um yeah if you got the right equipment i'm sure you could do it right so the initial investment of putting ten thousand liters was expensive but at 500 liters for a coat now that's nothing so you just have some you just have oil stashed on the premises now 
like that you have? Yeah, we just got it. We just got it like a couple of thousand liter pod containers. Um, but like, yeah, it's just such small amount of oil now. Right. And like our our track compared to, so there's another track in New South Wales, which is about ten hours drive from where I am. Australia's really spread out. I know. Uh, but their surface uh, is like even better. So like we started with natural clay, mm-hmm. right? But they had more like a road base style material. So it has a little bit of rock in it, um, sort of like a gray dirt, right? but it's taken the oil like mm-hmm. so much better than what ours has done. And they don't even like their surface doesn't even chip or anything. It's like, it's set now like concrete, um, but it still feels like similar to our grip level. It still like feels like a blue groove track, but like their maintenance is is even way less than us. So having having a surface like you would imagine before that their surface was probably the worst surface you'd ever want for an RC track. Right. But now it's actually probably the best surface if you put oil on it. Right. So when you walk uh, on it, does it is it spongy kind of? Uh, a little bit okay. a little bit yeah ours, ours definitely is there's because it's got a bit more rock in it it's like bound together right really well okay. so like theirs feels a bit harder than ours um for sure and you can see like that's why if a car chassis slaps or something like nothing's happening on the surface like, right right i was really thinking of that solid. like you know because dirt have some sort of give um and that helps and you know like for hard landings maybe you get it wrong and stuff like that but it's definitely increased your your club membership um what's what what is it now predominant you guys are the race there this weekend right or past weekend was it this weekend or last weekend uh well we've got like a interclub so there's three clubs um mm-hmm. in our region um so we're calling this sort of the unofficial state championships um mainly because of covid and the sanctioning body doesn't really you know want to <laughs> do too much with the COVID situation at the moment. So um, we're doing lots of unofficial stuff. And um, I guess with the, with the COVID, it, it's probably been a reset for the region that we needed um, mm. just to really get the region going again. Um, and like the big focus on club racing and, and the regional racing has, has done wonders. And, and yeah, we've got a big race coming up um, at the end of this month. So that's going to be pretty good. Awesome, man. I think, uh, I would like to see maybe some more American tracks go this way, like especially even just building a design where they can make more tracks in one instead of a complete and total rebuild. I know I like that about American tracks too, but I would like to see maybe, maybe they can get away with this. They got to be able to use this type of surface somewhere, somehow. And like you said, the dirt, it can still be in the dirt. They can still make their changes. It would just be, you know, once you get this in your dirt, it kind of just stays there, I guess. Yeah, just, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, Good stuff, man. Um, Like I said, a very great example of what you guys are going on there. What are you seeing mostly now, e-buggies or nitro buggies coming in? Yeah, e-buggies, man. They yeah. certainly look like they're – it's just convenient. Right? Yes. You can turn up. You don't need to organize a pit man or anything yes. like that and – um, probably the one big difference we see now with the with the oil down is you're not having to water and blow the track all the time, so the days are actually yes. getting shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
like the same program and another track is going to be at least an hour longer over a day. Um, just you watering and blowing the track. We don't have that now. So, you know, we can just roll through the program and, and it make the, like the heats a little bit longer. Yep. So people are getting more track time. Um, so having, having those sort of benefits is pretty big, I think. Yeah. We got a lot of flack, um, especially after last week's podcast about us hating e-buggy. I just want to make it known. I don't dislike e-buggy at all. I actually think it's great. In fact, I want to eat Troggy, uh, which will piss Zach off even more because he hates Troggies. Um, but uh, I, I kind of said this to a guy the other day, and I know we shouldn't measure things on entrance, but I said it's like this. E-Buggy's growing. Yes, I like it. I hope more people run Nitro, but it's simple. The, national, the fuel nationals in America sells out in 10 minutes. You get 225 entries for Nitro Buggy, and you get about the same for Troggy. I said, when the E-Nationals in America get 225 e-buggy entries, then I would say, and I think there should be an e-buggy worlds too. It should just be along with the worlds that we have now. But I think we might have a rant uh, this week uh, that you wanted to rant about too. So we'll be doing that in a short time. But Zach, thank you for sharing your information about your your track. We're going to talk more about it because you have format changes stuff like that you're going to be like i said we you're going to be rotate rotating in and we're going to just pick on different topics to talk about that you've experienced that we can always talk about so i i really wanted to talk about the oil surface on your track because it's something that i've been kind of i, I see the results and i think it's great yeah and the thing is that with these clubs they can actually just do it in one corner of the track right so they don't need to go and make a big investment from the Mm get-go they can just go and put you know 500 liters down in one section of their track and then just see how the dirt receives the oil and and i'm sure they'll they'll be surprised Mm -hmm. at, at just how how good it is um it's really transformed our club so but yeah just taking a, a small section and putting it down um that's probably the first step i think to to just trialing it out and seeing how it works with your surface sweet all right well zach you know what i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna go do the beach rc bench racing q a right now then i'm gonna get you back on with the viking and we're gonna talk a little bit about dnc later on and oh we gotta do a rant you and i too so I'll hit you back up in a little bit and um, we'll talk some DNC and do some ranting. Yeah, man. BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Welcome to the BeachRC Bench Racing Q&A. BeachRC is your one-stop shop for all your hobby shop needs. It is a brick and mortar hobby shop. If a track, Brent and Lucas are busy. Brent's super busy right now. He's got the My RC Box Club going on. Check that out if you're into things like that. A, subscri- a subscription service where you get uh, a box every month, a surprise box every month full of RC stuff. So check that out. Lucas is going to all these races. I mean, Beach RC is what, when you think of a hobby shop, that's what you think of. Like, it's a, it's cool. It's got a it's a, got a great b- bunch of product. You could go in there, spend hours looking around. It's got an awesome track, awesome people working there. And Beach and Brent put a lot of money back into the racing community sponsor. A lot of races, 
a lot of different things. So thank you to BTRC for sponsoring this part of the podcast. Remember, guys, there is an affiliate link that is in the written description of this podcast. If you guys can use that, it greatly helps us as well as the podcast. So joining me this week, uh, he's now working the middle shift. Uh, thank you for filling in because JQ is at the track. It's hard to get him away from that track right now. I think he's probably living there. I'm not sure. But, you know. Yeah, when he gets excited, it's it's now like talking him out of it. I know because I had him lined up to come on to do this. And we was going to do some DNC talk. And it's like, man, I'm at the track. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, thank you. No, you know, he, no way he's at the track anymore. No. Uh, he just said that you get out of it. <laughs> probably. But I said, that's cool. But I will need you next week because we're going to be doing uh, DNC lives and stuff like that. And I want you to come on and talk about it. So no, no problem. And then thank you, Max, you come on. And that's cool because you have the same knowledge as Joseph. And I want people to get used to hearing what you have to say. But we don't have much questions anyway. So let's start yeah. off. Uh, do I want to start you off? With like something that I know that's gonna trigger you, no. Here's a here's a setup question. Sure. No, no. We're gonna go setup okay. question first. Okay. Tim, Let's start setup. Tim Teddy built Maxwell. When is the best time to use sway bars in your car, and how firm do you want them? Well, I'm pretty sure this is like a question for two wheel drive. Yeah, uh, because I mean, I'm not. I don't think we. I've. Uh, I haven't seen eight scale cars without sway bars. I mean, I used to run them before. I mean, I I took it I took it off at one race in Finland, like the front one, and Degani took his off at the World. Yes. But apart from that, like I don't think anyone ever runs eight scale without sway bar. But okay, so should I answer this like sw- an eight scale uh, how to tune the sway bars? Yeah. Yes. Or should I? Okay, I'll ask. Uh, like, I'll answer this uh, quickly for two-wheel drive. The two-wheel drive, what I've noticed is in dirt, you very rarely need sway bars. Most likely, you'll be better off without them in any condition on dirt. Um, in carpet, uh, you can. I mean, without sway bars, you'll always be all right. Mm-hmm. But if if the track is like high speed. And sort of quick uh, transitions. Sometimes uh, you might get like a little bit more aggressive with the sway bars, but like in tool drive, you you have to just account for it uh, with the setup. It's sort of it's like it's a preference question in my opinion. Okay. But for car- carpet, carpet mostly people I think run the rear one, not as much the front one. I don't really know nowadays. I don't. I only run the Astro if I run tool drive. Do you run like, any I, on your answer- on your Astro cars? Well, you haven't run ten scale for a while, have you? Well, last time I ran, I ran one in the rear, mm-hmm. but it's like the thinnest one, I think. Okay. It's 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 not a huge difference, just a slight one. But right, okay, so I'll, I'll answer this scale. question from like eight scale, yeah, eight scale perspective. So, um, how I like to go with sway bars is if it's super tight, super low grip, most likely you'll be very well off with the super thin one in the front. And in the rear, it's sort of like, you can tune it uh, as you go. Like if you like the rear end to be more stiff, you can have like a thicker one. If you like the rear end, like a roll down more, you can have a thinner one. So you can, it's the rear end is much more tunable in that sense. Uh, But then if the tracks are open, you obviously have to go a little bit thicker in the front because with a thin one, the front end is not so precise. It's sort of like leaning around much more so with the thick one, you have the front end kind of like stuck. So sometimes with the thicker front sway bar, you might actually have more steering because the front end is more 
like precise and it does what you like when you steer it, it steers immediately mm -hmm. so keep that in mind and also in high grip sometimes when you go too stiff the car actually starts to be very hard to drive so okay. those are some things to keep in mind uh, but one thing also i think a lot of people don't understand is when you run the rear hub really far back what it does it it stiffens up the rear quite a lot because the support like the tires support the weight of the car mm -hmm. the further back the tires are and when you accelerate the more support you have so with a shorter um what do you call shorter wheelbase wheel so you have the hubs front yeah you, when you have the hubs all the way front there isn't much support so you really need to run a much thicker sway bar mm. so if you for example with associated my body runs the hubs all the way forward he runs 2.8 sway bars and his car rolls around much more than mine and i run 2.4 or 5 and i run the hubs like middle or almost all the almost all the way to the back mm. okay. so like it's like you have to take that into account and many people don't really realize it if you run the hubs all the way back you can almost run those way bars in the rear it's actually pretty crazy it's right because it just difference. stiffens up the whole geometry right yeah, yeah you could think of it like uh, like a th like if you have something like this mm -hmm. and then like you have a support from here mm -hmm. and you the whole thing is pushed like this it has much more support when it's all the way back mm -hmm. like if you support it from here it's all all all, yeah. all the time going to do this that's pretty much like if you move the hubs forward, you're going to have that effect on it. Mm, and the sway bar is sort of doing the same thing, especially on power. Okay. You know what? I did not know that about the wheelbase thing. Um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, I think, I think that's the biggest deal about wheelbase. Some people talk about the drive shaft angle, mm -hmm. but I think the, the actual, um, sort of the weight balance of the car or the support of the uh, rear wheels compared to the center of gravity. I think that's a much bigger deal than actually the uh, drive shaft angle. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Good, good, yeah. good answer. We have a, an Instagram question, question from E Burns. He wants to know why do pillow balls work so well on truggies, but not on buggies? Well, I think, I don't know. They seem to work on buggies too. I mean, I you can run them for a long time. I mean, isn't isn't Techno one of the best truggies and he has a C hub? Yes. Yeah, and Techno is also like 20, 20 centimeters wider than any other druggie out there. I don't know. I think um, it's like I think the I, I think the Techno druggie is like four fifty wide, and the Associated is like four ten. Okay. I, I don't know if so, if they drive different. I mean, I, I, have I a mean, pillow ball truggy. Yeah. I, I don't think I think the premise of this question is kind of weird because yeah. I think pillow balls work really well on buggies as well I mean also like uh, I think if people watch JK's videos he you can see from the video like the C-Hub design he has it's pretty much identical to any pillow ball car mm -hmm. you can do like having a C-Hub or a pillow ball is no difference if the geometry is the same mm. so I, I think I think people need to sort of understand that then right. you that see, oh, there's a pillow ball, but it might be like the same car. Who right. knows? If you'd look at it like maybe precisely, the, obviously, then you know. But Maybe the truggy being wider, longer, more tight. Uh, look, man, truggies are just easy to drive. It's Let's just be honest. Yeah. But okay, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna give an answer to this that sort of... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to answer this question. This mm -hmm. answer is going to... I'm not answer this question, but it's going to explain a whole lot more. Okay. 
the manufacturers make a buggy that works. They spend time on it and then like they test it out that pro drivers give uh, like feedback. Then they release the buggy. Then next year they make some longer arms and release a chuggy. That's how it works. They put some work. Techno the is the only brand. No, tell me one brand apart from Techno and maybe HB who have put any effort into chuggy. Okay, I, I, I um associated. No, <laughs> have you looked at the car? This this the only difference with the car is the gear ratio, longer arms, everything. That's that's the whole difference. And the, I mean, it works. It's one of the best chuggies out there, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there's a huge uh, development going on. Well, because it, it's uh, all right. People get upset when we say this. There's just no. No, but that's just the facts. I'm no sorry. I'm sorry for, that facts hurt your feelings. I know people. People got a little upset about our e about you e bashing e buggy the other day. Um, but yeah. we're not bashing e buggy. Like you said, it's just. Uh, yeah. I love all my children. Yeah. I just love Nitro more. <laughs> that's what you said on the yeah. patron only uh, yeah. patron only podcast we did the other day. Yeah. Um, and I don't hate Chuggy either. I just don't think it uh, should be a pro class because the manufacturers don't take it as a pro class. That's like the thing. Well, I I think people get a little upset. They like they're like, well, you guys don't want to promote e e buggy and stuff like that. Well, this is what I said to my mate. I said I think e truggy. I think sorry e buggy should have a world. Should have a worlds. It should be right along with the yeah, Nitro definitely. Worlds. Yes. But I said this. I said when the e nationals in America gets two hundred and twenty five e buggies there, then. You guys can come talk to me, but right now the fuel nationals just because it's just yeah. people just prefer that. like no offense, e buggy is good for people getting in, but I think with uh, the e buggy, oh, they yeah, want the classes yes. open sports, you know, sportsmen open that type of stuff. Yeah, so, e buggy uh, is the best like opener class for eight scale racing. Best I agree from any any eight scale class. It's all about e truggy for me from now on anyway. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah, but you're old and your other hand doesn't work exactly. So I have all the excuses in the world. <laughs> <laughs> to run each yeah. Okay, I think I think the great way to explain this is do you think the Formula E world champion is anywhere near the Formula One world champion? No, of course not. Yeah, and no one probably thinks the the Formula E champion is in anywhere close to Formula One. We are and not this, this e buggy people. We believe e buggy yeah. should be a world's a world's yeah I do class. too. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I'm we're and just they trying all to already say... have Euros and everything. We're just saying Nitro is the glory, and it's under attack. And Starting it's in fact. Europe. Starting in Europe. Well, kind of, but I saw Elliot Boots running with twelve percent fuel, and it looked normal. It so did. I don't know what the manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, I the know what they did. I, read about the I know what they did. I bet you they put a different head in there. Uh, they put a no, different. No, they said Frederica said Frederica was commenting that they didn't change anything, which is crazy. I mean, I, don't I, believe I, that. I, I believe her. She she usually is fine. I mean. I don't believe them to lie. They are pretty good Man, people. My buddy, I'm not saying they're not that. The they're, pr- they're probably just not letting people know. I know my buddy who runs GT here, no. ran GT here, was running 16 yeah. percent to get seven minute qualifiers, and he had a he did he made his own fuel. That's how DP went because he was telling me even I mean, the type yeah, of maybe, oil. Maybe like if he wanted to optimize it, yeah, obviously you need to change something. But right. I, I think like the video looked fine. It looked okay. like a normal eight scale car. We would have so, to. I mean, it was against other eight scale cars. Well, I mean, I don't know. It looked yeah. it looked like boots driving. See, so, we should, I mean, we should, I don't know. 
he said the lap times were the same, which I kind of doubt, but I mean, it looked fine. So I don't really know what the fuss is about. People? Like even like the uh, effort fuel letter, like mm-hmm. there was the comment from the manufacturer and the guy said like, oh, everything is going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It doesn't look like it. We so see. maybe my video was completely useless. No, it wasn't useless <laughs> I don't know. because people should Whatever. be worried about this. Because- Oh yeah, and we should talk about this a lot more. Lot more. I agree. Nitro is under attack, yeah. man. And it, people's like, "Will you?" Because- yeah, and, I mean, if, kind of for a reason too. Like, if you think like two hundred years ago, people were driving horses on the road and racing horses everywhere. Now we have cars. The world evolves. You know. Yes. Well, that's what they say about oh, e buggy is so e-buggy this and we can do battery changes and all this stuff i'm like yeah i'm cool with all that but you, you don't understand yeah, that's cool yeah I, I, that's I fine mean, if, if you want to have a 40 anything, minute e-buggy anything, race i'm fine yeah. with that huh yeah anything you can do to make e-buggy better is good and i'm all for it can we make noises can we put speakers in there because that's what and smoke admitters because that's what i miss i don't know you know when I that mean, car that's, goes that's, up that's cool but do we really need this smoke and the noise that's look and we i need, don't know we need the lightning fast Nothing says awesome when you de- when you give it a death rev over a jump. Like when you jump and your nerves down like this and you're like, hey, like please come back up. Yeah. And when you hear your engine do that. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We are not against e-buggy people. And you know what? Happy birthday to my boy Kevin LaChapelle and Richard Ponder. I forgot to say this earlier in the podcast. Happy birthday to you guys it was this week. Uh, probably missed some other birthdays. Um, all right, next question. Anthony Whiteside, I love the Australians. Do we really need so many subclasses? Like surely folks would like surely folks would get more track time if we had, say, open and novice at and at major races have a pro class of the top fifteen or whatever. Well, I don't know. I thought that might trigger you a Talk little bit. Talk about beating a dead horse. <laughs> yeah. But he's it's true what he's saying. It's no it's not Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like we've talked about it so many times. And it, I don't know. People don't seem to like people. Everyone agrees with us, but right. then like they go to a big race and they enter three classes. And yeah, I don't know I don't what know. to do about I, I, that, man. I mean, people yeah. go into DNC, and I I'm think, sure they're going to enter three yeah. classes. And by the way, I see it's, it's DNC like is going to have a bridge, by the way. Bridge? It looks like it. Looks I mean, like it depends something. what kind of bridge. They had bridge when I yes. went there. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Anthony, man. Good. I, I mean, I, I'm all for. It, it, it's just not gonna. I don't see it going away. It's too. It's especially okay on a club level. It, it's needed to get entries to get money to to support the club. I'm all for that. Learning pe- for people. Not to, only that, in cl- on club level, you need like because there's usually like maybe like 50 people tops mm-hmm. and like very different level mm-hmm. so if you put all in the same class it's gonna be like a clusterfuck so yeah, you kind of need different classes but in the big race there's too. no point these race promoters are gonna make money too Let's on, get it twisted. They, it's a business and know. they have to make money they're not doing this not to make money well, yeah so mike walker now this is a confusing question what is a pro driver how do you know if you are a pro driver once you know what a pro driver is how do you know if you have what it takes to become one in this never ending discount racing world we live in maybe what it is to be a pro has gotten lost i no. have to agree you're with you're a pro him. driver when your first job is uh, driving rc cars yeah That's when you it. when you when you're getting paid to to um 
to do to uh, race RC cars, and that's all you have to do. You're a pro yeah. driver. You're yeah. not a pro driver <laughs> if you hang out with the pros, run everything that they're running, and wear everything that they're wearing, and style your hair like they're, they're wearing, and wear the same clothes <laughs> and penny loafers and all that type of stuff that they are, and act like them. That does not make you a pro driver. In fact, that makes yeah. you a fanboy. And that is probably preventing you from being. There's nothing wrong with being a fanboy. I love Ryan. I love um Ryan Cavallari. I love David Ronafalk. I hang off their nuts. I think they're great. I think Mayfield's great. But I just like Ronafalk and and um, I like Barufalo and these type of guys. To say all of that, yeah, you are not trying to be a pro diver. No, I'm a fan of these guys. You know yeah, what I mean? That's the difference. The problem is I see too many guys out there that think they're pro because they could have a million. Well, I think the whole having a whole bunch of names on your shirt like the is going away, and it's more just like wearing shirts yeah. like this, which is fine. But I just think there is no line, so people just don't know what a pro is in an RC. Because let's be honest, if you went to a track, how would you know who a pro? If you didn't know, you went to an RC. If you went to RC, if you went to DNC next week. Didn't know anything about RC. How would you know who's a pro driver out there? We all look the same. Yeah. Well, in the, well, yeah. In that sense, it's kind of like a blurred line. But to me, it's pretty simple. Like someone like Ryan Lutz, I'm pretty sure he's getting paid a monthly salary. Mm. He's a pro driver. Someone like Cavalieri Mayfield, they just drive the car, they get a salary. Drake is sort of technically, I don't, I don't view. Drake as a pro driver, he's a professional working in the RC industry. Why yes. don't we view him as a pro driver? Yeah, I've, I definitely think there's a lot of people out there that think they're pros or almost pros, and yeah. they do a lot of damage to the industry too, man. There's a lot of guys out there with these good deals that don't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if if your first job that pays for your living is not racing RC cars, you're not a pro driver. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> if you earn a thousand bucks a month for driving RC cars, you're almost a pro driver. Yeah, you're a pro driver. You 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 are a pro driver because you ain't making much money. Trust me. It's only a few guys Ooh. that are making really good money. And then after oh, yeah. that, it's like Yeah. Yeah. But I mean if you make a wage that's a living wage, you're a professional RC driver. If you make like a few hundred bucks a month by from each company and you total a thousand bucks a month, I don't think you're gonna be a pro driver for long. No, that's not a big salary to live on. Not at all. Yeah. Not at yeah. all. Especially like if you live in the Dominican Republic, you can probably live that's off not of even that enough, man. Anywhere Trust else me. in the world. Yeah. I mean, not to live like I live I live in the Dominican Republic because it's it's cheap to live good. You know what I mean? So yeah, and a, that's a I mean, you can is, probably make it okay with thousand. Oh yeah, it would like be a lot. Finland, I would have to cut a, a lot out of my life. It wouldn't be no yeah. no action figures or RC stuff coming this way. That's for sure. I got two kids. Yeah. Um, what was we talking about? Oh, pro. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, there is no definitive line. So I've been saying this forever, and until we have a definitive I line, I mean, okay, so we have, have to, to divide this, like. Uh, being like we have to divide this being technical there's a very clear line which is what i just explained yes. but like the, what you're talking about is sort of like who is like who is represented as a pro driver like there's so many guys like technically i'm one of those guys who, too who mm -hmm. like like if no one knew i could look like a pro because i'm a factory sponsored driver and i have sponsors on my shirt whatever but like i'm not even close to be a pro driver you, you know but you came i mean so in that sense 
you you came close. Let's be honest. Like when you was at JQ, okay, well, I can, the, you was a factory driver. You just yeah. didn't get paid because we didn't have money. Yeah, but that's the difference. There's there are I could divide it like people that pay for their stuff are not pros, not semi pros. People who don't have to pay for their stuff but don't get any money are mm -hmm. like semi pro. I could say, and that. then pro are who can't they don't have to pay for anything and get a salary. Right. No, so here's uh, like three different classes. Here's the here's the big difference is that getting from that that pro that like where, like where you're paying for stuff to getting free stuff, it's possible. It's 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 I wouldn't say yeah, it's that's easy. that's actually pretty it's yeah, pretty yeah. easy. If you're like if you put some time into it and especially if you go to some like off brand, like yes. there's there's it's pretty easy to get stuff for free with the budget. It's not I mean, you have to be good, yes. no doubt about it. But you it's like you don't need to be exceptional. Now it's getting from where you that level, like where you was at. Like I think this is where no offense, I think you kinda struggled where you got to that level, you did good in the open class, dominated, and then you're kinda in limbo because you get against these guys who are faster than you. And to make gains against these yeah. guys, it's really difficult. Like, you know what I mean? It's discouraging too. Yeah. You know, you're going out there, you're trying your best. And but that's that's where the gains are hard. And that's where a lot of that's where a lot yeah. of these few guys that probably could have been pro guys, this is where they, they left, you know, when they got to that level yeah. where like like you made like a DNC, you made this big jump. Then you went to PNB, you did pretty good. You know, you didn't finish good, but you know, you qualified okay. And then like just after yeah. that, just a small, there's small steps, and it's they're so tiny. Yeah. Some people, I think JQ. Yeah, I think JQ talk about this in his video, where it's like it's really easy to get to that one second a lap difference. Yeah. I can go to a race and be one second off Ongaro, and that's like yeah, if I have a decent day, I'm one second off Ongaro. Then if something crazy goes on, I can be like a half a second off. But that last second, that's that's what makes difference between semi pro and pro. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right, a couple more questions. Justin Huglin, a fellow Star Wars fan. I don't like this question. Run a fuck Mayfield Lutz. You got to marry one, screw one, and kill one. Let's see who you really are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to kill none of those guys. Um, Lutz is like religious, so I would want to marry him. I think I'd marry Man. Lutz because I think he'd take good care He's of like me. He's like a, yeah, he, he, yes. Lutz is like a family man. Yeah. Ronald can May Mayfield is like I don't know I don't know what I kind of like he's I don't I don't view him as a family man. But he is. He has a, he has a, a he's wife sort of and like a, a a son. But he has. Uh, yeah, he does. He has a son. Um, but he's kind of like I, I I knew he had like a girlfriend or something. But I didn't know he, he was a son. I kind of see Mayfield like chilling out after hard days of work at a, at the tire shop or wherever he at a mechanic shop. And his wife beat the beat her, chilling out, watching sports, drinking Coors Light. Like that's kind of what I envision Mayfield if he wasn't a uh, if he wasn't an RC driver, but he isn't. He is so. I mean, he probably still does that because he loves Coors Light. He loves that stuff. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. would I would I would I would I. Americans need to try some good beer. <laughs> I tried to give him some Modelo. He didn't like it. And Modelo isn't. But I don't know if I want to screw okay. any of these guys. But I'm not I'm into really men, good. so. Kill one. Yeah, Who am I going to kill? Say. I don't want to kill either of none of them, man. I don't know if I could kill any of them, really, to be truly. Who would Killing you kill? Lots. No, not I. I couldn't kill lots. Um, Mayfield, like killing Mayfield, is like 
getting rid of the fun. Like he adds some fun. And I like Ronald David, so I can't like, kill him. Yeah, David is. Yeah, but we have to kill David. There's no other option. Well, he's gonna. T if we don't kill David, he'll kill us. Yeah. So, I think we'd have to kill him. Mm, yeah. David yeah, would kill they, us. Definitely if, kill David. If David would kill us in a heartbeat, I think so. In okay, a good so way. Official statement. In a good uh, way. The he'll kill us. podcast will go after David Ronnefolk. In a good out. way, David would kill us first. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. That's a hard question. Field. That's a really. I don't hard know. Question. I don't think this works with RC racers. RC racers are not really people you want to kill or fuck. I know, but I think I think what it is. David's very calculated, so he would have like plotted to kill us way before we even thought of killing him. Yeah, I Swedish know. people just think about killing people all day. I don't know. That's all they do. <laughs> well, I <laughs> mean, when you're in Finland, munching on rainbow nuts balls. Like they yeah, said in maybe Vikings. in Lapland. All right, we don't. We have one more question. We have a couple more questions. Why doesn't Lucas Lauren know how to party? I don't know, man. He's busy at races, right? Lucas said he's not running nitro this year. He's just gonna do e buggy because it's easier. I totally understand that. He's he's busy at these races with the shop and all that. All right, so last question because you was not. Okay. Uh, you know, hopefully you, this is hopefully this is a good one because yeah, this these is about questions DNC. went downhill. You started off with the best one and then it's gone downhill from there. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, well, DNC <laughs> is coming up. Um, we, I, I'm, so for people to know, like like uh, I've already talked to David and and did that part of the podcast, right? So um, yeah, we we talk with them and you'll be coming on next week, hopefully as well. During the, we'll see when we do some lives, but basically. Oh, hold on. Where's the question? Because uh, I like to get the names right. Wyatt Gaskins asks, predis predictions, DNC top three. E-Buggy, let's go. We only do Nitro. No, no way we're, we're doing, doing all three. three we're doing all three. No. Okay, I'm, I'm good with E-Buggy and Nitro. Okay. okay. It's uh, it's a negotiation. Okay. All right. E-Buggy, who you, who's your top three? So is all is everything all American like top guy going? No it's all gonna be all Americans and Thai. Yeah, but everyone is going though. Like yeah, yeah Thai and... Lutz isn't going. Lutz isn't going. What? Yeah, he's not going. Maybe I need to kill him. Mm. Um, we need to switch <laughs> our answers. He's not going. Okay, uh, yeah, so yeah. E buggy. Uh, Tebow's been pretty fast in e buggy recently, mm -hmm. and if it gets blown out, they're extra long arms might benefit him so i put well the, i don't know uh mayfield's gonna be there testman's gonna be there well hard. maybe i don't know hard i know Mayfield. okay mayfield is definitely in the top three there's no question about it i think Mayfield's mayfield wins e-buggy hands on i think mayfield wins every class i think he sweeps it too but i said yeah. i think tebow is gonna win nitro buggy mm, i think maybe tebow Shruggy. I think T because Tebow was well. Then this is Thunder Alley, not um. But last year Tebow yeah. was was fast, a fast second. Um, was it? Yeah, he was second. Um, all right, well, he, third because Mayfield was second. All right, yeah, but he was it was one. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, he was okay. But I mean, but I think I think uh, he might win Truggy because he's been really good Truggy recently. But I think Ebuggy, he, I think the podium in Ebuggy would be Mayfield wins, Tebow is second or third, and then who would be like the Fed. last one? I think Fenn's going to be in there. Mm, maybe Nitro. Well, it's Thunder Alley. So, yeah, he could be there. Well, it's, it's if 10 he was, minutes. If he was like... 
Yeah, but if he was Paris, uh, then Fend with that TLR rear end wouldn't be anywhere near. Well, but like Thunder Alley, he could be okay. Well, I mean, Cavallari was out there Monday night with Dunford practicing because he didn't have a really good GBRL. Yeah, but he finished fifth at the JBRL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to so, tell I mean, you right now, and, and I said this on the podcast already, Drake will be on a podium in Truggy, E-Buggy, or Nitro Buggy. On a, I think he's going to be on one of those podiums, like the top three. He might take you around, but he'll not be in Drake can win Truggy. No. Drake not can win close. Truggy at DNC. Against against Mayfield with same equipment? That is his, no. that is his home track, dude. No, I mean... Come on, it's it's Mayfield. He blasted Rivkin out of the water this past weekend. Oh, we forgot. Oh, yeah, actually, well, Rivkin is not that good in E-Buggy. I think Rivkin is on the podium in Nitro. He has he hasn't made he hasn't made the A main at 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 um at yeah, but this is Thunder Alley, remember? Right, right. So and he went this weekend to JBRL. So we we're not yeah, and he he might be he might be a sneak. He he could be a dark horse, and then yeah, I don't know, I don't know how he does it, but he's been really good in Night Show recently. Mm, He's not. mm, Yeah, he's been okay. He's like a he's like a sleeper. He's like every race he's either second or third. He hasn't won much, but he's been always second or third. So he's gonna make the podium again. All right, no no problem. So let's let's talk about Night Show real quick because we're going for thirty minutes on this. Who's our last one for the e buggy? Um, Mayfield Tebow Fend I'm gonna put Throw Fend Ty Or 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 uh, Seth Van Dalen Or No If it was If it was Paris Then yes But Mm. this is Thunder Alley I don't I think And Seth done done well At Thunder Alley That's how he broke He broke into the scene In 2019 He did At at that race With uh, Miguel Miguel's race race? Buggy Buggy um, Buggy Land That they had After RCGP they had it after oh, RCGP. I don't know. I haven't Seth heard about it. Um, oh yeah, that was like a, a kind of small race. Yes, yes, but it had some. I don't know. I it think has some guys there. These guys know this surface. Guys like Mayfield, Cavallari, they know this surface for many years. Yeah. Drake, it's gonna actually, be actually Cav might be okay in E-Buggy though. I think, I think Cav. I, I I'd put Cav over Fend in E-Buggy. Okay, all right. Now I try put Fend over Cav. Really? No. Yes. No. He's really Fend is much better Nitro driver than E-Buggy driver. But it never the, finishes. The length of the main doesn't. Yeah, but the thing is, like, yes, that's the issue. Like, if he finishes, then he's gonna finish. Uh, All right. Uh, like better than Cab. All right. So I'm gonna say this. I I wouldn't be surprised if Mayfield sweeps this, but yeah, I think I yeah, think hasn't he sw- swept like the last three or something? No, but he has. Uh, apart he, from Ronnie Falk, Ronnie Falk winning. He swept. He swept DNC before all three classes. I can see. Many I can times. see Ty coming in. In nitro, mm. I I can see maybe we got to see all those FX engines and yeah, that. But hot it's race. hot race tires. Yeah, yeah. I mean that track J concept is really good. Mm-hmm. And like even Ron Falk when he was there, he ran HB tires over hot race if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I mean, I'm not sure hot race. I mean it's gonna be good. Those well, it's a whole tires, year. It's a whole year, uh, over a year since then. You know what I mean? So what do you mean? Remember was at RCGP. Uh, yeah, but it's still the same surface. Right, so but it, Hot Race has developed out, so. more since then too. No, same compound. Well, they have a new compound, so maybe right. maybe they're better in the nighttime. All right, so let's but do our Nitro David pick. HB nitro pick. Nitro I think Tebow is going to win it. Winning. I think Tebow is going to no. win it. No. Okay, I, I'll put Mayfield. 
is most likely going to win it. But I'm not if Tebow with you wins there. it, I won't be. I won't be too surprised. Okay, I'm, like, I'm like Tebow that. is sort of like if he wins, I'm like okay, Tebow won. But if Mayfield wins, I'm like, come on, no brainer. What's going I know. On? I I hate always trying to pick Mayfield. It's like, it's like I. I know he can win it. Like, I, there's no doubt that I can. I know he can win all three of these classes. So I like to throw. I think yeah. the young guy that's going to impress me is, and he need, and I think he needs to have a good race. Both of these guys actually need to have a really good race. Is Seth and Tyler? Because oh, Tyler Jones. And, I don't know. And, and, they just need to make the main. That's well, fine they, for them. Seth should make the main. Tyler will make the main. That Tyler will be good. Yeah. Um, and but then the I think we're going to see some of these Tyler, young guys. With Tyler and Jeff, what they need to do is do consistent top fives, and that's enough for them for like oh, a few Seth, years. Seth, Seth. Seth, oh sorry, yeah. yeah. But anyway, like Seth and Tyler, like if they win like races like this, that'll be great. But if they win DNC and then don't make the main at some other race, that's much worse than finishing fifth in both of these races. I think you know. Because I think uh, because like uh, one hit wonders happen quite a lot. Yes. But consistently fast racers are really yes. not that big, yes. like not yes. that common. Yes. You know. I That's agree. what I'm meaning here. I agree. I I think um I think I think Tyler wants it more. I I think Seth wants it. I don't know. But I think Tyler's more aggressive. Does that make sense? I haven't seen them drive that much. Well, Tyler I, I won PMB that year. He Tyler, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think Tyler has been really in- inconsistent since. Seth's been much more consistent. Well, yes. Well, also, uh, Tyler was also trying to do school, finish up school, do a lasher, yeah, I know, and all that yeah. stuff. Now he's actually like not doing school and focusing on RC. So and he's a te- he's with Techno now, which I think is better suited for him. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Techno is just going to have so much information coming in through through their pits at that track. You know, they have they have so much time on that track. Yeah. I, I, that's why well, I just yeah, think Techno is going to do really well there. And then obviously Mugen with Drake and relaying information to 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 Mayfield. Yeah. And you know Mayfield Mayfield even though he doesn't go Thunder Alley like that much, mm-hmm. he knows the track of like course. so well. Of course. Like almost like not as good as Drake obviously, but he's 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 got it down. We're gonna see one of these young guys in the main, or a few of them in the main. I think, um, like a Renner oh, Connect, yeah, that's definitely a Renner Connect, um, Aiden Horn, maybe a, a Fuller, because Fuller Mason Fuller's been uh, rest in peace to Mason Fuller's grandfather. Well, okay, yeah, the away. Europeans make quite a lot. The Europeans make a lot of room in the main, so yes. there's gonna be a lot of like new names there. No Robert, no Canas, no uh, Ronafalk, no Barufalo, no Boots. No Angaro, so that's six. Yeah. But, but, okay, yeah. That's all right. Yeah, that's only like half of the main. Right, and let's like say three. like last year there was Angaro was in the main. Canas was Canas Canas. Figueroa Figueroa was in the main. Badier didn't those, go. Yeah. Um. There were five European guys in the main, I think, last year, and it was more the year before. Yeah. So it's been like it's been like half and half for the uh, past few years. Yeah. Europeans have been really good in that race for some reason. I know, I know, it is. It's a great race for Europeans. Even boots. what about what about someone like uh, Spencer Heckert or Camden Lyme? I think those kids are really fast. In I that think Speckert Heckert makes the main. He made the main last year. What, what did I call him? Spencer Hecker. Hecker. Uh, Spencer Hecker. Spencer Hecker. Yes. <laughs> Hecker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has to. He he will make the main. I think he he can also do very well. Uh, depends on how that S. Look, man. When I was there, 
for RCGP, man, Canas's car, Canas look good out there, like you know what I mean. So Canas looks good everywhere. Well, He's really he drives really uniquely. Yeah. He, I really love watching him drive. It He's doesn't so look boxed. very nice. It looks really violent. Yes, but it's it's like he's somehow very aggressive and violent and still in so good of a control of the car. Yeah, I saw you tried to emulate him on that one jump up on the top level that had a big pothole in it. I watched you hit three times in a row. And I'm like, yeah, yeah Kanas could go through that aggressively and do it, but you can't, Max. So stop doing it, please. Go, yeah. to the, go 10 centimeters that way. But um, it's going to be interesting. We definitely have to bring you on uh, next week, one of the lives, and we talk about it. Uh, but uh, DNC is going to be great. I think we might have to. We're going to do yeah. a preview show her next next Wednesday during practice. And um, hopefully you're off. But maybe next weekend you can come on for a Saturday show or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe. But that's all the questions that we have. I know we said we was only going to do 15, 20 minutes, but see, we got talking about DNC. And, then, you know, we're doing um, yeah. so another long podcast for everybody. Max, thank you for your time, dude. I know it's late. Let's link up next week. DNC is coming. We got to, I'm going to, we're going to start taking notes because we're going to, we got to sound like we know what, what, what we're talking about her next week because, what you do know, mean? Of course somebody has like to, know like, you know, we're about. not going to be there. So we kind of have to. You know, bring some excitement. Now, I, of course, Live RC yeah. will be doing a good job, so we'll be doing them. And Wally's going to be, be there. looking at. I'll be looking at people's lap times and calculating like who is going to win by looking at just the times. Doing good. Data that's science, that's your that. job. That's your you job. Know? And yeah. I'll, you say that, and I'll <laughs> agree or not agree with you. All right, everybody. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for all the questions. Tune in next week. We got some plans. We got about three live shows next week planned for you. And um. Hey Max, thank you for for your time. I'm gonna go on to, uh, it's weird because I'm kind of recording this, but now I go on to the main interview, which is with about DNC with David and Zach Ryan. So thank you, dude. Oh, also, yeah. you dropped a video yesterday on Camber. Please oh, go yeah. sub to Max Mort's channel. Uh, he just dropped a video yes. on Camber. Go sub, show him some love. He's at 226. We need to get him to a. We need to get him to 500 very soon. And then a thousand after that. Yeah. So go check them out. Max Mort on, on YouTube. And Max, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for your time, dude. Yeah. No worries. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC, excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Yes, yes. Thank you, Techno RC, for bringing the uh, main interview for this week. And joining us this week is the freaking Viking all the way from Sweden. Look, it's so cold. He's got his his cool, nice, really cool HB David Ronnefalk jacket on, his New York Rangers hat. Where's the heat, man? Where's the heat inside the David Ronnefalk arena? Yeah, right now we have, uh, I think it's like 10, 10 minus outside Celsius. So <laughs> it, it's a... Uh, 
it's not in any isolation on the on the roof mm-hmm. or anything here so it's uh it's a little chilly in here it's probably like around 10 where the track is but we got heated pit, air, pit area at least so in there I'm, I'm warm but the the connection was better out here <laughs> sweet i appreciate you coming on zach thank you for coming on um joseph was supposed to be here but he's out there testing uh 10 scales so i thought it'd be cool to have you on i i know you're gonna help me out a little bit next week when we do the the, the lives unfortunately you won't be there to become a three-time dnc champion nitro champion but uh we got to watch it and we got to analyze it zach you went to dnc what year uh, must have been like 2012, something like that. So you were, yeah. you, you got to experience Long it. Time at ago. Which track? At which track did you go to? Uh, it was Fear Farm, okay. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I got to go in 2018 to Fur Farm, and then um, obviously in SoCal Race, uh, what's it? Fairgrounds where we had it the last two years, but here it is at Thunder Alley. The first time it's been at a, well, uh, like Thunder Alley's been around forever, so. I don't think it's ever held a, a a dirt race, and um, this makes it interesting because <clears throat> JBRL was this past weekend. This is the first time in a long time we've had a, a DNC where there are weeks before that people can go race there. You know what I mean? Get used to the dirt. Obviously, the track is going to be different for the race, but it's not that. It's just getting getting on there, getting the surface. Because Thunder Alley is unique. You know, it's multi. It's multi-elevated. That's not going to change. That elevation is always going to be there. Certain parts of the track will be there. So I guess I guess I want to start with you, David. If if you was able to to go to this race, which I believe it's the 22nd running of it, maybe it's 21st, 22nd, I think, uh, would you be out there right now? Would you have been at JBRL this past weekend? I, I'm not sure if I would have done the JBRL. Probably, uh, I, I know for sure. I talked to, I was texting with Cole yesterday, and he flew out. So uh, uh, I would definitely be there at least uh, this week. I'm not sure I would do the race uh, mm-hmm. last week they had there, but but uh, definitely some practice before, like I usually do when I go to the DNC. I I try to go at least a week before to have some kind of nitro running because uh, normally uh, not every year that I make. Uh, Montpellier I basically don't have any nitro racing in me since a few months back right. so it's always good to come out and do some testing and try and get track time before the race starts right and and just for people to understand for 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 nitro enthusiasts like myself and Zach um and David DNC is like our, my third race of the year now but it's the Super Bowl of our race so it's like SIC which I watch and then there's Montpellier which would have been before this which would have been like the Euro warm-up. And what I lo- always liked about DNC was that this uh, this race attracts everybody. It's like a mini world. It's like, it's kind of like Neo is, Neo was, was the indoor world. It attracted people from all over the world. Maybe not as many as Americans in the later years it did. <clears throat> but DNC attracts a big European presence, Australian, New Zealand, Asian, South American, uh, European, it, it attracts people from all over the world. This is one of the reasons why I like this race so much. It won't have that this year, unfortunately. I mean, in, fa- in fact, David, what, you're, you're, what was it? Three-time e-buggy champion, one-time truggy champion, and two-time nitro buggy champion. So you've won every class there, most successful European there. That's one of the big appeal, appealing factors is the, the international flavor. What do you think about that, Zach, going there as a spectator? And, and, and you've been to Worlds before. Well, I think probably the big standout for DNC is just like the time between your runs is so extreme that 
it's it's almost like you're driving on a completely new track um just because how much the the track develops over the over the course of a couple of days you know and they, they split the the schedule up so it's sort of nitro and and then it'll be you know truggy the next day and so you may not have been on the the track for sort of 48 hours um so you know you're, you're starting afresh nearly with a with a clean skin on on that sort of that time that you're getting on the track and that's where it really sorts out the top drivers i feel because they're just so good at adapting so quickly um to a completely new track um you know learning different lines and 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 taking sections completely different um from what they would have had to have taken two days ago and i feel like that's what dnc is all about and probably where the prestige comes from um and why it's so hard to win yeah and joe is tracks too you know um we've gotten used to his tracks remember i i wouldn't I, i'm no offense joey was the premier track builder in the world but there's many guys out there now that are building some really great tracks anthony westergaard bobby moore has his style um <clears throat> the guy in brazil uh davide who was going to do the world's track ooh, he's really good he learned from joey uh but joey always seems to do a decent track a really good track with something crazy in it like his six pack that was the 2018 the bridge and the six pack the bridge that cost you uh uh e-buggy uh championship as well david in 2018 and then that six pack was super dangerous on the front stretch there so there's always and this track what i like is that joey leaves the um bobcat skid marks in it too as well so the track gets rough now it gets too rough i think 2019 it got really too too rough i think uh, the year that yeah you, that was that was at a new new track yeah. as well so I guess he he had some time to get used to the dirt and everything as well but uh, yeah it was very it was very loose when we got there 2019 already from the start mm -hmm. the track really deteriorated so yeah, but, but yeah this is just such an old race to it, it started at a small track in Hammett have any of you ever had the chance to go to Hammett maybe that was before your time David Zach uh, yeah I haven't been I, there I had a chance to go there and you read about this track and you hear all these great things about it. And then when you went there and saw how small it was, you was like, wow, this is it. This is where all this great racing is held. But it was probably one of the hardest tracks I've ever driven on. It was, the dirt was very dark. It was hard to see the holes and stuff like that. But uh, so that's where this race- This was the battle. This was a battle between like Chad Bradley yes. and Taylor James and stuff back in the day. Oh, yeah. this is- There's really, really small track. I've seen some video of that. Yeah. yeah, lots of, this track had, actually, I think they might've had uh, they had metal ramps as well, like graded ramps. So it was like a, you know, that graded, that was the surface. So that wasn't, I mean, it may have consistent, but if you, if we, if it got wet, it was super slippery and just, this is what, what this race was built on. And obviously it moved to Arizona. Uh, what was that? The snake pit or something like that? Or somewhere where it was, where it was some track where it was in Arizona for a time before it went to Fair Farm and many iterations but this is the first time like thunder alley like come on i thunder alley's iconic it's it's there i don't know if it's the best for pitting wise you know what i mean because for rcgp we kind of all pitted up on the back and it kind of put us away from everybody because down in the front it's kind of a small area but i think racing wise this is gonna be some be some good racing just for the elevation the surface all this type of stuff uh, what's your thoughts on it at Thunder Alley, David? You 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 had a bittersweet RCGP there. You were so dominant there in 2019, like so fast. You and Cole, so fast. Yuko and Kanas and McBride. McBride was fast too.
but you above everybody, your receiver failed. Uh, what do you think about Thunder Alley as the surface and just for track wise for these guys coming up next week? Ah, I think it will be interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I, the place is nice and, uh, uh, like you said, uh, yeah, it's a bit far away but with the pitting and everything, but I think it's that's just the case at any DNC. Like, you don't really want to be too close to the action as there's a lot of noise and, and yes. also the nitro in the air and stuff. So it can be good as well, and I think it's a nice and, you know, it, it will be a nice atmosphere there. Um, I think it would be pretty close to, like, an amphitheater, like mm -hmm. something similar to Pattaya, which was even, you know, at the next level uh, in terms of that. But... Uh, uh, about the track, I, I think it's um, it's a good size track. Um, it's cool with the elevation changes, like you said uh, before. And um, uh, every time I've went, uh, it's been really fun. Um, during practice days, they they usually leave it dry, probably longer than they will at the race. So I don't really know what uh, to expect for the track. But once they leave it dry, I know it wears a lot of tire. It's pretty hard on the chassis and stuff uh, because it gets really hard packed. Mm -hmm and racing um but uh they would probably water quite a bit and and also there's quite a big difference from running in the in the in the day and in the night because uh in the night you know the moisture stays in the track and and it actually i, I it won't dry up uh, during a main or anything so mm -hmm. people have to take that in mind as well when they choose tires and, and set up wise and everything and uh i think we just had a really good uh, set up and and uh, also tire program there at the RCGP that really excelled my uh, my speed at, around the track and also obviously Cole was going fast so yeah the the car actually I mean it works really well on on American style tracks and it would be awesome to to go there and uh, try to get uh, to get another title but um, I guess I'll have to sit back home and and cheer Cole on and uh, the other guys in the team. Yeah, the HB team will be big there. You got um, Tyler Brown. He'll be out there, and it's going to be packed. All, all the, it's like, HP is really big in Soka. Let's be let's be honest. Um, unfortunately, this isn't going to be as good as the other DNCs because it's primarily going to be a big SoCal race. There are going to be a lot of people traveling. Maybe not as many from the East Coast, but Midwest. A lot of the fast Midwest guys got, are coming up. Texas guys. So in lieu of the European guys, which would have been you, usually it's you, Canas, Boots goes. Who else? Uh, Badier. Um, I would like to see uh, Barufalo goes a lot. Barton. Yeah. And I would like to see Barton go and more Euro go. Angaro, last two years, has, has gone there. So it attracts a, a big and European contingent. More than I would say that goes to America, uh, goes to Europe. Definitely not as many Americans go over to Europe, unfortunately. Like, Maybe Neo was like that. I don't know. Maybe in the last yeah, years. I, I would say I would say Neo was close yeah. to, to something similar. But uh, yeah, we don't ha really have... Uh, any other race like that and i also think the uh for the americans they don't have to go to a permanent track yes, over in europe which yeah we have mainly permanent tracks uh, maybe they make some small changes uh, from year to year but uh i think that's a big reason why they don't want to travel it doesn't make um, any difference the europeans have been going to dnc and 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 doing well every year you've gone there when was the first time you went there uh david well how old were you 2012 Okay, uh, it was in Fair Farm. Yeah. All right, so same year as you, Zach. Did you meet him at this year, this year, or did you know him at this time? No, I, no, I didn't know. I didn't know you at all yeah. then. So, yeah, I was probably running some dodgy brand back then as well. So, 
I was like down the back with the plebs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what, how did you make on it your first DNC, David? Wow, that's a good question. Um, 2012. I, I don't really remember. I know I, I probably, I made a main, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Uh, maybe mid pack somewhere okay. between five and 10, somewhere around there. Well, you were still young, two thought what nine years ago, you was 15. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, still young man, still young. No, he's getting old now, man. Yeah, you're 25. You, yeah, you are on the way out, man. You are completely on the way out. Um, 25 in a month. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we should have a birthday party for you. Close uh, to the 30, mate. One thing that, yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's not, it's not 30, it's not 20 now. You go, you run it off to 30. Um, one of the, I just, for me, my first time going to this race, uh, meeting everybody, that you, you know, going to this iconic race that you read about in the magazines and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it at Fur Farm. When I went, I'm glad I got to experience it there. It was different. It was definitely there. No running water. It was rough. Um, you know, that's like sand, that wind would come up and rip all that sand in your eyes. And whew, it was it was cold there too. It was definitely an experience. Getting showers at truck stops. I've never done that before. Um, uh, but what a great race it was it was the energy it was there i got to meet like my first west coast race so i was little i'm used to east coast races west coast was a little stuck up like you know people were like to themselves but i got to know people then the next year i let i went and you get to know people and that's one of the things i enjoy about going to these races is meeting the people doing the pit walks getting people's experience and especially this race there's such an international flair people from all over the world come so you get to talk and meet to meet them, and obviously the just the racing man, just just the awesome racing. Um, Zach, you've only been once, right? Yeah, just once. Okay. That's right. That you, was enough. That was enough for right. me. Yeah. No, you're like me. You 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 don't like to go. You don't I, like. I always say this. I like to go to DNC. I do not like to race DNC. Um, I would like to do it one day. I but I I'm pretty happy doing some laps on the on the Monday after, <clears throat> but. It's definitely a, a difficult race due to the amount of entries. I do like that it's split up. Um, I do like that we we have uh, a day for e buggy and truggy, which is great because it gives you it gives you some time to relax. You know what I mean? If you don't run those classes, that's fine. If you just run e buggy or whatever, that's fine. Also for the pro guys, you don't have to worry about nitro buggy that day. You just focus on that and then nitro buggy all day Sunday. I guess um, David. Uh, looking at this race going in last year, you were super determined after 2019 when you should have won. Like, I mean, honestly, let's be honest. I, you would have won that race had not been for that lamppost, which is just like another <laughs> fluke. Of, that was a crazy race. Remember even during one of the qualifiers that the guys, a hay bale split open and it went all over the track and there was guys trying to clean it up during one of you guys' qualifiers or something like that. Just crazy things like this happen at DNC. And I, I will never forget it. I was on top of that Connex screaming like, let's go Viking, burn, rape, and pillage. I was screaming this. And then you just, I was like, he's going to demolish everybody. And then I just saw your car. I saw it go over that pipe. And I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? No. Like I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was so heartbroken because I wanted you to win. But you came back in 2020 with complete vengeance. Like what? how are you able to do these type of things man like we're like honestly like i think if you was to hop on a plane right now fly to fly to california and I'm, uh, yes i'm gonna swing on your nuts 
because I think you're the best, one of the best RC car drivers out there in the world. I think you could go not not race eight scale in probably over a year. I think you could go there. I think you can go there, and I think you could win next week. That's how confident I am in your abilities. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, I mean, I, especially now I've been driving more than I think I ever have. Right now, having my both both uh, tracks here, I mean, I think any wheel time is good. Then it's just a matter of uh, you know a couple of days or so to get used to mm -hmm. the class. So obviously, an eight scale car would feel like a bus compared to a ten scale yeah, two drive on carpet. But you know, after two days or so at the track, I'm I'm pretty sure I would be up to speed and. Uh, of course, I would would like to go for those titles, but uh, yeah, that's repeat. Uh, repeat this year would have been on your mind. Repeat new Troggy. No, for sure, for sure. I think Mayfield is the only one to to do it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would definitely want to do it. I, I I heard only only good positive things about the track. I haven't mm -hmm. tried yet, so uh, I would be pretty excited to to uh, to try that. And I mean, even last year, I was actually pretty pretty good going with the truck as well even though it uh it was a pretty old <laughs> platform but this year it looks like people saying it's a lot more corner speed in a new car and and also a uh, great drive out of the corner so that was kind of what we were missing on the old car so it would be pretty exciting to try that and uh, and go for the three feet but i guess i'll have to wait for next year I know it's so I mean, unfortunate. You're doing you're doing quite a lot of racing, obviously indoors at the moment, but that surface is nowhere near what you would have at DNC. I mean, is there really anything similar outdoors in Sweden? I mean, not not that I have seen. I mean, honestly, I think um, in terms of like rough tracks, I think Sweden is the place you want to go if you want to practice rough because uh oh, really? you know, rough okay. tracks, uh, you, maybe you remember the like the 2017 euros which uh, robert won on that huge oh yes we have yeah. here yeah yeah that one was really rough towards the end um so yeah. i mean yeah uh, when i when i grew up racing i all the tracks were like that <laughs> beat up and uh and rough and bumpy and loamy and dusty and I mean, I'm I'm an eight scale driver and I'm an off road driver, um, so I, I love these kind of stuff. Um, I I would probably struggle more on a smooth like high bite slick style track, uh, but um, I'm I'm getting pretty confident on that stuff as well. So, <laughs> so when, when you're leading up up to Vegas, that obviously there was going backwards and forwards between super smooth and then okay, we're going to change it back to an old school track. That that change were you you were more happy to see that they'd go to an o school or it didn't really matter at that point you were pretty happy on both surfaces or like you still prefer to this day that it would be like a blown out sort of old school track no i mean i guess i liked it like it was um i think it uh i it was pretty natural yeah they watered the track during qualifying but uh it became rough and and off-road off-roady let's say and uh uh, yeah, yeah. Like like you said, we had plenty of different uh, conditions at uh, at that track during the year before leading up to the race. Uh, but I definitely prefer like it was at the Worlds. Uh, I know Silver State they use some kind of sugar glue. But, I mean, for me, I like the I like the old school off road racing more, mm -hmm. like DMC, let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did it, it didn't get too rough at uh, RCGP though. 
not too bad. Not like um, DNC rough. Th- normal like the year before. At, at Thunder Alley. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that rough. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit. But uh, also during the final, when they uh, kind of watered the track before, uh, everything gets a little bit uh, less crazy with the when the moisture stays in. It doesn't get like as edgy. The the roughness. Of the uh, if it's dry, it's more like sharp edges, and, mm-hmm. and you'll feel it, the bumps more. Let's say, um, okay. so yeah, I think that's a difference as well. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I, I think what we're gonna see, like I said, is these young guys. We're gonna see the Renekinex, the the horns. Um, <clears throat> Riff, like I know it sounds bad, but Rivkin hasn't made an A main at DNC for the last couple years. So I think he'll be there. He was at JBRL this past weekend, him and Brunson. So they're taking it serious. I think Drake, man, I honestly think, I honestly think we're going to see Drake on a podium. Maybe not on one of the three-man podiums. Okay, if he runs 40-plus, he'll be in 40-plus. But outside of 40-plus, I think we can see Drake on an e-buggy, truggy, or nitro podium because this is his home track. This is his home track. He knows it like the back of his hand. He just demolished guys at JBRL. I think we're going to see Drake. I mean, he finished seventh last year. I think we're going to see him do well. The old man is going to do pretty good. But who do you think is going to – who's your top three? Let's let's start with you. Uh, Zach, give me your top three in Nitro Buggy. Uh, well, I, I, I've spoken to you previously about this. I think Tebow's pretty good mm-hmm. on a tight, small track, and I feel that probably suits him – um, at Thunder Alley. So I think, you know, he's probably going to be in the top three. Mayfield's obviously um, being really competitive at the moment. And and really, Cole also, you know, his lap speed, if he can just keep his head and stay calm, you know, he's, he's sort of top five and he's top 10 on a qualifying run. He's right there with Mayfield as well. So, um, yeah, our boy Cole is is definitely going to be in for for a good race, I think. And um, if he gets a good start, then and gets into a groove, then yeah, he he's definitely in chance for a top three, I think. How about uh, young guy Zach? Any any person you think that will surprise you if they make the top five, or even if they make this main? I don't know if you're too well versed on the young guys in in America, but <clears throat> oh, I mean Seth Van Dalen's still. I guess one of the the young guys, and you know, he had a pretty good performance at the last DNC out of the bat. So, mm-hmm. um, whether he's been doing much eight scale stuff at the moment, I'm not too sure. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. I believe. Yeah. All right, David. Who you who you picking? Yeah, I would say uh, three guys would definitely be Ty Mayfield and, and people like Zach said. And, uh, yeah, I mean the last couple of races, called like Sack said as well, Cole has been having the speed, uh, just uh, not having the starts. That yeah, mm. little mistake, especially in the starts, which kind of throws him off pace. From I mean he's not really in it from the beginning, and uh, I think uh, those first five ten minutes is is crucial for him to 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 stay up, up front. And if he is, he can uh, he can for sure challenge for a top three spot. Uh, like you saw, uh, which race was that? It was the um, it was one race where he was pretty close to making Mugen Challenge for a very long time. Mugen Challenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was he was in the heart there. Yeah, yeah. Cole yeah. is amazingly so, fast, man. People, uh, I when I watched him and you at RCGP, just like it was beautiful. Like I can't explain it. Like to watch you guys, you guys look like you that just you was reading each other's minds out there at one point. Like you knew what each person was going to do. The confidence between you guys to race with each other was awesome. 
Um, I think, honestly, you want my honest opinion? I think he's missing that. You, you, Adrian, uh, everybody being there. I know you guys are two key ingredients to the team. I know that. I know when you and Adrian are there, the Cole's level uh, uh, picks up. You know what I mean? Because that takes some stress off of him because he has to be the guy all the time when he's there. Hopefully out there on the West Coast with Tyler and all the the, way, the other West Coast guys there will alleviate some of that. But what what young guy do you think is going to impress you? You think is going to be in the main and you, you aren't going to, you, you don't suspect, suspect it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Seth is obviously fast. Uh, Tyler Jones. Um, yeah, but those guys, I expect them to be. In, if they ain't in the main, then they're not on the road yeah. to being pro drivers. I'm talking about like like younger guys. We're going to see some of these younger guys come at these guys. Maybe like young guys that ain't making no noise right now. Ten skill guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I would Yeah, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say that I see Kaisho have actually got in as a sponsor for DNC. I, saw I didn't that. even realise that Kaisho was still going. So maybe CJ Jellin might come out of the the uh, woodwork and and throw something out. I was shocked yeah. to see that they 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 sponsored it too. I'm like, hold on, you guys don't have a team manager, but you sponsored DNC. Okay, um, I'm I'm confused with that. But yeah, give me your suggestion. Who you think is going to do well, young guy? David, I mean, I would be pretty excited to see also the the young kid on our team, like Philong. Yeah, uh, to see kind of his uh, progress. Uh, I think I he mean, can make pro e-buggy main. He's really good yeah, at e-buggy. I mean, it, yeah, I saw some of the last race. I think it, uh, which one was it? Southern Indoor, that he made a uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure which one it was, but he he was up there in one of them uh, in the main and. Uh, uh, it's it's in when you're that young, you always develop pretty quick uh, your skills and everything. So he's been looking promising, and I think uh, it will be exciting to see what he can do uh, at the race. For sure, for sure. Well, I'm gonna. I'm honestly, uh, I I think I'm I'm picking Tebow to win this. Um, he looked really fast last year behind you, Mayfield, obviously, and I'm gonna. I have to. I have to throw in Tessman. Oh, Cavalier. Cav was out there Monday night, man. Out there Monday night practicing, getting that extra practice in. He wasn't happy at JBRL. Uh, he had Dunford there. I, I posted up a video of it. I think he Cav needs to have a really great result at this race. Um, and TLR Dakota needs it too. Will be quick too. Excuse me? Yeah, Dakota, Dakota will be quick too. Yes, for sure. yes, if he stays together. But I think Ty, with the new tires, new engine, he has a lot to prove. He needs a good finish. And... Man, I tell you, the ba there's going to be so many individual battles here that we have to talk about. Like, there's going to be the seven, the techno battle. Like, techno is going to have four guys there that can all be in the A main. Who's going to be their top drive? Who's going to win out of out of Tyler Jones and Seth and Dalen and Joe Bornhorst? You know, um, then the, these young guys coming up, the Fullers, Renner Connects, Aiden Horns, Dragons, Drayton. These guys are all coming to to kick ass and take names. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see the individual races that go on in these races, not just between the pro guys, but between up and coming fast races that we can take a look at. These young guys are going to, are going to, they're going to show us something. And then the, the veterans, man, I just, I just think I, I, I don't see why Mayfield can't sweep this, but, um, I think Tebow can stop him. Tessman and, and yeah, maybe Kev and, and Fenn. 
So it's gonna be hard. But I'm picking I'm picking Tebow to win Nitro Buggy. Ooh, interesting, interesting. This is the this is why DNC is so interesting. And then if you guys would have been there, the Euro guys, this would have just made it even better. All right. Um I David, I know you're holding your phone up real quick for 30 minutes. Zach, I know it's uh it's it gotta be one o'clock there, three or two o'clock yeah. in the morning there in Australia. Yeah. Thank you for your time. I, I hope you guys enjoyed just small preview of DNC. We will have some lives coming next week. Zach, we're going off into our rat. David, uh, I wish you was good. Be I wish you was there. I know mentally you're racing these guys. I know you are. You're gonna be tuned into live RC. Um, can you give us a quick look at the the track and the honorary track before we sign off her? Yes. So, yeah, this is the off-road track. One driver stand in the middle. And then we have the on-road track over here. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Sweet. Pretty cool. Looks good, man. Lots of hard work. Um, thank you for yep. your time, for coming on short notice. Zach, talk to you in your rant. Uh, man, I wish you was going to DNC, but we'll be talking next week, uh, Viking. Take care. Have fun. Stay warm. And, hey, talk to you later on. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, Zach, we're going to go on to the JQ Racing rant, dude. All right, let's get it done. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing rant. Yes, it is that time of the podcast, the uncensored, unfiltered, noisy part of the podcast that is the JQ Racing Rant. And no, there is no JQ here this week, but there is. this is a rant about something that he definitely feels uh, he's passionate about. He just made a, th a three-part video, and his last part was about federations, uh, where he criticized Efra for being very slow, which I agree with him. I constantly criticize the non-existent Roar. Uh, we constantly criticize Ifmar because we think like they need to be doing things a lot better. Uh, Zach has been to a few world championships. He also participates in FEMPCA, which is the Asian uh, organize or the the Asian Australian organization. So he wants to he wants to rant a little bit about that because he's a little bit pissed off about the dumb shit that they be doing as well. So hey. Hey, Mr. Fancy Pants, put on your big pants because now it's it's your turn to it's your time to shine. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Well, Jake, who had the Ifmar slogan, right? He, he worked that bit out. <laughs> I think we've worked out Femco, right? Okay. So it's it's for el elderly men's casual attendance. <laughs> uh, that's that's Femca, man. Really? Because I have fucking no idea what the hell is going on with that organization. I've been going to Femkes for probably 10 years now, mm -hmm. maybe 15, something like that. And the part that just frustrates me to, to no hell is it just, it's the end of the road with Femka. It's not a stepping stone for a world championships. Like what the fuck are they doing making this race? and not having that as the qualification for the world. So I don't get if it. You have a, if you have a look, right, Femke, well, so for every standard worlds, there's about 39 spots or something for each section. So 
how is Femca's one of the bigger blocks. Like, I think Efra's got more countries than what Femca's got in our blocks. Mm-hmm. We're not like raw that only has two countries. We've got like 10 or 12 countries or something, right? So you got to split the 39 entrants up by all those countries. Now, do you reckon you can go somewhere and, and read how that gets distributed? Well, you know, you have the same problem that Efra has as well. Um, distribution of of IFMAR entries to the worlds. It's, mm. it, I believe the European champions does not even qualify them for the for the. I believe you win the European championship. Obviously, you probably do get uh, uh, uh you know you do get into the IFMAR world champs, but it's done country right. per country, and some country yeah. and, and you kind of have the same complaint as they do. In fact, I have to say this, but Raw and America actually has it right this time. Like one qualifying race, you qualify from there. 100%. And the top 30 or top 40 from that, because obviously America gets a big slot, they go. And yeah. I, I don't understand why all the other organizations can't do this. Even... Man, I, so what I, what I can gather, right, because it's been... Like it's not... You go to Femke's webpage and it's not written down anywhere. So this is the only way that I can under, come up and rationalize it in my head. It's got to be done by population, right? So Australia's only got 25 million and we're up against China. Yes. So they're getting getting huge population. They're getting big brownie points on their population. Good on you, mate. So they get 13 spots, direct spots for the worlds. Something crazy like that, right? Right. And Australia gets gets two spots. So we get two drivers guaranteed out of the 39 that can go to a world championships. And yet at a Femke race, you know, if the Aussies go, we're we're typically probably 75% of mm-hmm. the main. So could you imagine like how intense that Femke would be if you went anyone who makes the semifinal or the final at least gets a spot for the Worlds, right? And that needs to be the qualification, right? Because then everyone's watching Femke. They Mm want to know Mm -hmm. like who's going to qualify for the Worlds. This is going to be an actually an interesting race rather than, uh, I'm in China. Hey, go, mate. You want to go to the Worlds? I've never seen you at a race before, but you can go to a Worlds. Oh, you went, you went to one Femke, but you finished in the one twenty eighth main. Yeah, that's that's good, mate. Oh, come on, what's well, Femke see, doing? They should be putting their best drivers forward. I agree. I agree. Uh, maybe maybe they take the top twenty out of Femke. Oh, I think I don't know. Yeah, and then they straight some, go to the race. Like and then you can yeah. give each country two like it, it has to obviously I think China gets like uh, like twenty you said twenty something and they never go to the worlds you know what I mean so it's like That's a waste. Right. Um, well, they don't even really come to Femke, mate. That's yeah, the thing. So, like I've been to all these Femkes, and like yes, we had one Femke in China and and they hosted a good race, but like why aren't there must be some government Ifmar restrictions there that's stopping them? That's why. Yeah, but, it's just so it is just so bizarre and it's so frustrating because typically what ends up happening right is they go okay we're trying to get 13 spots but then of course they don't go to the worlds so you find out like two weeks before the worlds oh we've got all these spots available does someone want to go to the worlds you're like what's why i just ring up my boss and be like oh hey man i'm just going to go to this race that lasts for a month (laughs) <laughs> and you know we're gonna go over and and I'm, I'll see you I'll see you next year. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, it's like 400 bucks to entry fee to join to get to 
to do the worlds. People don't understand that. It's expensive. Yeah, it's it's. We need something else because. It, it, do we need to revamp crazy. it completely? Because even even Efra Efra is the best out of all these organizations, in my opinion, and they are too slow to do things. I mean, look at they can't even change their logo in a year, and. I think there's people inside of Efra, like the guy, the president now, Javier. I think he wants good things. But I think it's very similar to the RC business. You have the old guard in her, Zach, and they don't want to let go. You know what I mean? Especially in IFMAR, like tradition. Oh, we traditionally, this started and this is done this way. Because I believe IFMAR started in United Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken. And I know I know UK is steep, deep in, steeped in tradition. I get that. But... We're still racing electric cars the same way we did in the 80s. And, uh, okay, we went up to minute to five or six now. And th things have changed. And these, these, these organizations are doing less and less and just collecting and collecting. And yeah. we, the people, we should be asking, like, what is going on here? Like, I, I know in America, they don't pay, because people don't pay raw fees. But I think what they want is an organization that actually cares about them and and wants to help promote RC because this is what they should be doing. They should be helping to promote RC uh, as well. And, and and that's the thing, right? A lot of these organizations are run by people that are just volunteers, you know, especially um, for the Femca side of things. So, you know, while I can be frustrated and some side, side of me is like, well, you know, they're, they're doing this all on their own time, but because they've just been so set in their ways for like 15 years, you're like, well, come on, man, you kind of, you, you kind of get in there. laugh here. You need to get people like you, people like me, we need to get in there, but they won't allow us in there because we, we'd cost too much. Man, I can't even see where you would like, do they host an AGM where they vote the person in like this? It's so secret squirrel that you, <laughs> you don't even know how the, they vote the person in. Like, I know, it's not even documented anyway. It, so well, we should ask these questions, man. Why? Like, no offense. I thoroughly enjoyed the worlds in Australia, but it didn't have to be 10 freaking days. You know, it's no, um, it was too long. It's too long. And you know what? In 10 days, they could, like, I know, like, all right, look, I, I'm, look, e buggy people, I'm, I'm not against e buggy. In ten days, you could have had an e-buggy worlds too, and 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 save. You could have just bought your e-buggy, use the same tires, save money, you know. But ten days is too long, and even this this year, like we don't know. Well, it's not going to be in Brazil, but I would have loved to have gone to Brazil, but it's obscure. It's hard. I get it. We have to kind of go to these places that every country has to get their 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 spot. I like that part of the worlds, but at some point, I feel like just saying, why don't we just have this in Las Vegas? At the yeah. at, and everybody can get there, and it's just easiest okay, for right. everybody. Yeah, you know. We, I mean, we had this we had this trouble a little bit in Australia because, you know, we like to make sure that we share around major states and nationals and and have them in in like, you know, regional areas and that sort of stuff, which I can understand. But you know, for something like a world, it just needs to be in a really easy place that mm. majority of the world can fly to in one flight. Like you, can't, you can't expect people to fly to multiple leg locations just to get to some discrete track and it you know you can have your you know your sort of euros or mm -hmm. you know your femkas in in probably a slightly more discrete area but 
man, for, I mean, even for those races, really, they need to be in easy, accessible locations. It's, we need to be taking it's just these, a must now. The world championship should be, like, broadcast to everybody. It, it should be, like, don't get me wrong. I, it's it's a weird thing. Like I I do like the fact that other countries get it. Maybe maybe it's just like Joseph says. The the, the Ifmar needs to be every two years, and then we need to have this World Series or something. Which I agree with. I think we need to have a World Series. I think I think we need to have a Pro Series. Does that make better sense? I think we. I would like to see the pros race more against each other instead of just DNC and the Worlds. But definitely make these worlds accessible cheaper vegas everybody can get there it's cheap you can get cheaper hotels I'm, you know it, look at the 2016 worlds it probably one of the best worlds you can go to i would i never went but it looked people from everywhere were there do you know what i mean people from everywhere are in australia too but you get just yeah vegas is um, man, man you have place. a look at you have a look at any video of Indonesian worlds and Pavitas is like, this is just insane. This is the best worlds I've ever been to, right? And this is the advantage of Asia is Asia is actually pretty cheap, right? If you go to Phil Philippines or something like that, right? You're staying in really nice accommodation. And like there's, I'm sure there's this perception that, oh, it's a third world country. It's a fucking shit hole. That's not the case, man. Like where you stay is a really nice area. Um, and the guys are great there. So, you know, there's some really great places in Asia that people yeah. probably just need to broaden their horizon a little bit. And, you know, they can fly m probably direct to like major cities, um, you know, Jakarta Thailand. and Indonesia or yeah. Thailand or something like that. Right. And like these, these guys have the ability to put on big races and meet the standard um, pretty easily. Hey? All right. Let, let's, let's, this is, this is a great question. Now what I wonder. So let's, Let's plan the next full worlds because it has to go to each continent, right? Each block. So we have Roar, If Efra, Femka, and Farmar, which I belong to. Farmar, Farmar. So let's pick each ideal location and city for each place where you would hold a, a worlds. So we agreed, Las Vegas is perfect for USA worlds, right? Yeah, I'd say. I'd say that's pretty much the spot. Yeah. I think. I think for Europe, it should be Redavon. I think that's an, an easy access, or maybe it's not. Or whatever track is close to Barcelona, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Redavan is is that close to a mate. David David would be able to tell right, you. Right. Um, well, I think it should be in Spain. I don't know about you. I think it should be. Yeah, in Spain. I think Spain. I think Spain. I agree. I, I agree with Spain. Or even yeah. like even Portugal, because um, y'all's track looks really good. But just. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty nice. Both places people want to go to. Barcelona is, is touristy. Barcelona, you know, let's put these in places that people would like to go to. Easy to get yeah. to, not too expensive, stuff like that. Now let's think of Asia. If you could put a world right now in Asia, where would it? Where would you put it? I'd probably put it in the Philippines. Okay. I mean, I, I feel that most people would feel the most comfortable in Manila, in the Philippines. Yeah, another absolutely. easy place to get to. There are. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah. flying straight into Manila. Yeah, and yeah. and flights to Philippines are not very expensive, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's a long flight, but it's it's easy. Uh, okay. Now the hard one is Latin America, which is Farmar. Farmar is South America, Latin America, and then countries like Israel and and I I I, I want to say the Middle East, probably Kuwait, and all these countries fall under Farmar. Yeah. We definitely don't want it in Israel, Kuwait, any place because it's too hot. 
they have some nice tracks there and stuff like that. So we have to pick a place in 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 South America. Now, people had bad experiences in Argentina in 2012. I went to Argentina. I know I know how customs can be. That's the big thing with 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 the Latin America. It's customs because they're gonna wanna they want this, you know, because yeah. that's oh, it's just open air corruption. They want money. Brazil, I love Brazil. I don't know if it's probably the best spot to have a world right now. It's definitely one of the highest level. They have great tracks and all that type of stuff there. I would think outside the box, man. I would go. Um, I would go to Colombia, like or. Or someplace that's easy to get to for for everybody. Argentina isn't Buenos Aires isn't the easiest place to get to. It's a long flight. Colombia yeah. has some great tracks. Bolivia, Santa Cruz would be a good place. It's a great track there. But I think it just has to so, be Brazil. So out of all those countries, which one is going to let people in without Bolivia. The bullshit and customers? Bolivia. Okay. Yeah. You you would have to go through bullshit, but um. Santa Cruz, uh, if the track is still there, the guy Nico, it's 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 Santa Cruz is more on the coast, so it's touristy. Bolivia is mm-hmm. extremely cheap. Um, do they use do they use dollars there? I can't remember. Um, it's it's the poor it's the poorest country in South America. It's cheap. Uh, the, and there's the guys that race there are all well or like the guy who earns one in track is like it. It would be like going to a race in Asia. You would have paid marshals. Yeah all that type of stuff and i think bolivia will be probably the best spot for it because everybody can go there in south america too because it's cheap so even it was funny because they had the when you think of south america because south america is so big so they have um the they, they have their championships right and yeah. I, i'm not sure if the far no because even the farmer championships if you race them it doesn't qualify you for a world it still goes yeah. by individual country that. So, yeah. because Dominican Republic actually got, uh, I got, I actually qualified for 2016 Worlds. I didn't, I couldn't afford it, so I didn't go through Dominican Republic. But even travel in uh, in South America for South Americans can be expensive. Because I remember my Colombian mate was selling, showing me how much it would cost for him to go to Uruguay. So, yeah, I would think we would have to do a, a Worlds in Colombia. People are like, oh, Colombia, no, Colombia is a lot of fun. The racing is pretty good there, and it's cheap. And you could get in there, no problem. But yeah, I don't know, man. See, some some of these countries and tracks, it's, if they've got the right person running it, um, you know, and they've got the connections. <clears throat> like for instance, Synetic. Everyone's heard of Synetic track, man. That track was probably the most phenomenal track I've ever driven on mm. in in my, like any track I've ever been to. Um, but those guys couldn't really host big races because the amount of people that would come in, they would need to liaise with the government and inform them that they're running a certain event. And so they're, if they're running a certain event, then they need to pay the government a certain fee. And that fee would be like to the effect of every goods that someone is coming into the country with is gonna to need to pay yes. a goods and service tax on it, right? Mm-hmm. So you imagine how much people are bringing, product people are bringing in um, doing RC and you know that's hundreds of thousands of dollars and and then so a lot of the times it would be you know under the table yep. like here's a you know a contact that's going to get you through um, and like I've I've flown into Indonesia before and you get met by someone when you land and they take your passport and then you pretty much walk out of the airport through a Ooh. side door yeah that's how it you works know what I'm man. Saying? 
That's yeah. how it works. And this is the challenge with some of these countries because it's, you know, they've got the abilities to host some, something incredible, mm -hmm. um, but there's some loopholes that they need to get through to, to run them, right? Yeah, this especially in South America, you would need to... What what companies would need to do? Would, would, would you have a broker? It, like, they have customs brokers, and you would have to... That guy just knows how to wheel and deal, and you have to pay. It's just it's just simple. You have to pay. It's no ins yeah. ins, ins out to money. That's how it works. And you yeah. pay, but if you go through the broker, it's just cheaper. And I think when they went to Argentina, like Argentina has left that t that bad taste in people's mouths, and I can imagine they got they got really raked over the coals in in Argentina. I could well, imagine. Just like those guys were sitting there for hours on end, like it, like. You know, right where we've got to pay, but like, let's just pay and let's go. Oh, they're right? just trying like, to get as much as they there. can. Yeah. You know, yeah. like some of those guys, like in Argentina, a, a HB kit was, te a guy was telling me he was paying $950 for it. It didn't come in the box, it came in like in the bags because they couldn't yeah. put it in the box because somebody would just fly in with it, like, you know, fly yeah. in with a few kits in, in, in bags. $950 for so when people complain about RC is expensive it's not as expensive in South America too so it I hate to say this but maybe South America is one of those countries that until things get until we can figure out things and get a, a perfect place to do it which I think Bolivia would be um this is IFMA's job. This is IFMA's exactly. job. They've got to make sure that if people are flying into this country, that when they land, there's an acceptable letter, like letter from IFMA that's already gone through and had its checks and balances, and that all the races can go straight through. If they can't guarantee that, then they shouldn't and even just, be putting these races here. And and that's they what they're doing. You are 100% correct. That is their job. When you go to these races, you're coming as a representative. It's like going to the Olympics, I would say. Almost. Yeah. You're coming to yeah. represent your country. It's 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 a privilege. And IFMAR needs to do more. If they, like Not just, oh, let's do it here because it's going to be a cool place. Like People are paying 400 fucking dollars or more an entry fee. I would, let's say it's 500 bucks to enter this race. Roughly not. Yeah. That's not cheap. And when... Where do you reckon that money goes? Not to when the club. pays all their entry fee. Exactly. And Not that is, in itself is just mind-boggling. How many tracks have you seen host the world championships and then just collapse in a heap after the Worlds yep. because it's cost them a fortune and they've probably not got the money back that they need to just to break even for the event. I mean, that's just madness. And, and then where the fuck is this money? It's not going into promoting RC. Oh, it's flying people in, mate. It's paying for their flights and accommodation to walk around and 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 the just, yeah, and, and like not do nothing. Like just, I, I, it's disgusting, and we need to think about it, and we need to think about what we do when we support these type of things. I think it's it's getting to the point where we have to ask questions, and that's one of the reasons why we do this on the podcast a lot to get people to ask these questions, like. Like, oh, it's frustrating, man. We have all this in place and they do nothing. Just imagine if, just imagine if this was real life and you had governing governing bodies that did didn't do fuck all. Like, you know what I mean? People would be in arms right now, and especially like in America, it's worse because raw is just, just. Ugh. But at least they get that. Uh, well, it's, it seems like the you know it's all the private side that's really growing the the hobby anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it. 
it's just difficult because there's so much prestige with with yes. IFMA, you know. So you you're really going to struggle to get the main manu- manufacturers away from that. But you know, prestige gets developed over time and just need something consistent. Um, and and then eventually it gets prestigious, right? Yeah. If it's happened over a number of years, I mean, you look at Neo Buggy, right? By the end of that, that was one of the most prestigious races, and all the manufacturers wanted to send their drivers yeah. to that race, right? Yeah. But and it'll be it'd be the same thing, in my opinion, of RCGP or you know a similar race, yeah. or anything like that. If it if it keeps running long enough, it'll get some prestige. People want it, and then the major manufacturers will start paying attention to it because they can't they can't ignore it. Why doesn't why doesn't Ifmar take some of this money and do what Afra done and hire somebody like Control RC Racing TV? There, remember at at the twenty eighteen Worlds, there almost wasn't a stream. You know what I mean? Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? How the fuck is that even possible? Like there almost yeah. isn't a stream, and then there was some. You know, obviously it was some. Think something to do with the scorn of live RC, like fuck. I don't care. Like, f- like I don't know. Like, why we don't have this is the world championship. It happens every two years. We now it's every four years because we ain't gonna have one this year. And there should be no argument about there. There might be a stream. I don't personally. I will pay for it. I don't care. But uh, pay my twenty bucks. But it's it's fucking ridiculous, man. And we we need to change this type of stuff. And we need to we need to just. We need to let pe- people just don't know because they don't. It's the private section. Like people don't even know about raw. Like oh, raw regionals and stuff like that. Okay, it's just another race. I would like to see that type of stuff come back where it means something. And yeah, like these these European championships and these Femke races and these Farmer championships. They sh- at least the top fifteen should get automatic. You know, if you made the final, let's say fifteen people to a final, they should at least be guaranteed spots into the worlds, and then you can take. And and let's be realistic. Like, don't give China thirteen spots if they send nobody. You know what I mean? Give them That's two right. spots. Give Australia. Like, you gotta. Uh, it's frustrating. If Mars not doing their job, that's the bottom line. That's right. That's why we just gotta we gotta mix it up. And I, I think with with all the racing and the and the, the technology that we've got now, you know, well, there's definitely an easy ability to to communicate and and make change with that technology before it would have been pretty hard to i mean look at us now we're in the opposite side of the world and we're talking right exactly. so you can get people together and on a common goal um with the technology that we've got now we've just exactly. got to have a clear vision on what that needs to be i agree um, man i agree you know what if Mar needs to start doing their fucking job it's simple as that and these federations as well Simple. I, I agree. I like Afra, but they're kind of slow too, you know? So, it and I think, honestly, in America, we either need to have a competing, competing like Norca was, or just pay somebody to run raw, like, you know what I mean? And get it done properly, like, and just actually give a fuck, like, you know, give a fuck about racers and, 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 and promoting RC and making RC racing better. Like, this is, your job is not to just collect fucking race fees and be like we put on a race and we're not going to give enough to this club so who put on the race and fuck their club after it's done you know that's well i think i think like our australian governing body has a couple of hundred thousand dollars in the bank you know what i'm saying (laughs) like 
What the hell are they doing with that money? I don't know. Like, they're not spending <laughs> it promoting racing in Australia. Like, like, you know what I mean? Saving this money for 20 years. Like, look at the money we got here now. Finally, we've saved this much money. I'm like, we got to start spending some money. Yeah, donate it to gotta, some of the clubs. Like, maybe start yeah. a beginner program. Maybe, I don't know. Like, help take a put a race on in Australia where, where people can see it and, and get exposed yeah. to it. You yeah. got a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Take fifty of it and go spend it and promote and grow your hobby, your 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 sport. Why not? And this is this is the tricky part, right? All these all these guys, uh, they, they start thinking that it's their own money and it's mm. their own funds, and they start hoarding the money. And you're just like this, you got to think of this as a business, and it's not about saving as much as you can forever. It's about like you've got to keep spending the money. And, and improving the hobby and that's you know for instance our club at the moment is we're trying to keep the balance at a steady state but we don't want to save forever right, right? we've got to we've got to buy infrastructure and we've got to improve the facilities yes. to make sure that people can see that if they're coming and racing here the money that they're putting into the club by racing comes straight back into building a new pit stand or undercover area or something like that, right? That's what the community needs to see at the moment. Are you guys Where members of the Australian Federation? Up? We are, yeah. We well, are. they should be That's fucking just... sending you some money. Send you $5,000 for repairs a year. You're a legitimate club. Why aren't they sending you $5,000 to help with repairs and you're bringing new people in? They got this. What are they going to do? Take that money when they go or, you know... You you pay as a member to be a part of that. You should see some return on that. Like you know what I mean. And every club that's run should get some, should get something. Maybe not as much as that. Maybe at three thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. But it will help. Yeah, if if you can, even if it was like an application for a grant through the governing body, you know, you can specify how this is going to improve your facility, right? And especially if it, if that facility is going to be a host for a lot of the major races in the future yeah. right? and it and it's already ticking all the boxes for for facilities then why wouldn't the governing body want to invest back into that facility to improve it going forward and the problem we've probably got at the moment is we've got too many tracks around mm -hmm. you know what i mean if you'd be better to just have like a couple of tracks that you're like okay you finally achieve you know this standard or whatever and that we're going to just make this one facility like absolutely amazing and i agree with that's, you 100 like, all, all these tracks that pop up out of nowhere and then they're gone in in 10 years time like thunder alley in the states must be one of the longest, the longest tracks yeah right yeah it's been around for a long time i uh i went to um california 20 2004 and it was open then for a few years before then so it's it's been around for a long time. It's in a park. It's you know, it is one of the long-standing races. Phil Hurd's another long-standing race. I think it's moved, but it's in the same area. There are there are some tracks in America that have been around for a very long time that are still very there. long time. Or maybe OCRC. they've moved. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 just shocked at what you just told me. And and just imagine how much money Ifmar is sitting on. Well, that's what I, that's what I mean. Or even Femke or fuck my life. Like, must be must be a big coins. That's why yeah. they don't want that's why they don't want new people in there, man. It's gonna rattle too many cages and they're gonna be like, hey, we got this money. Why aren't we using it? And they should be using it to to promote like
Could you imagine, like, hey, let's put on the ultimate ever world championship and have the best coverage ever? Let's let's invite, yeah. let's put it in a stadium where we can invite people and charge people to come in and let's do it professionally, have a professional. Oh, my, they don't have the vision to do that, but they could hire somebody to do that. They could hire RCGP to put on their world series. You know what I mean? I mean, put on their That's world true. championship and, and pr- promote it and, 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 and produce it. That's what they need. And and even if you just take a step like right back and go, one of the biggest things that's growing the hobby at the moment is getting new people into the hobby. And like for sure, like, you know, people see an eight scale worlds and they'll go, fuck, that's, that is seriously cool. I want to get into that. But then, you know, it's a big leap to go straight into RC and go into eight scale off-road nitro. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's up to the governing bodies to have or, or like create a standard entry level class where the rules are, are really restrictive to stop them from making the, the class expensive. Yes. It's just all about only having entry level in there. And they've got to set a, a really strict set of rules for that. Um, I think it could be e buggy and um, maybe a motor limit somehow on e buggy. Yes. And, yeah. um, a, a motor limit in eight scale EP would be, yeah. that would be the, the way to do it. I mean, eight scale is pretty, it's pretty strong. Like people are going to not destroy their car and they're going to have fun doing it. You've just got to, you know, like we've probably got 10 people in our club that are, you know, under 12 years old. Right. But you don't want them going right. out there with huge motor. So there needs to be the focus on how do you get, the next young generation in, um, in a way that's, that's going to be easy and, and not deter them to go off and play the PlayStation or something we like that. We have to make it cool, Zach. We have to make this cool. We can't just be, <clears throat> excuse me, introverted, uh, monks at these tracks wearing black hoodies and doing the same thing and like hiding in our corners. Some guy token on your douche flute. You know what I mean? We have to, we have, we have, I want, like, I know this is, wow, we, we went around a little bit, but, like, we have these pro guys, and you go to one of these races, you'll never, if you weren't into RC, you'll never know these guys are pro guys. Yes, that is part of the, the allure that we can just rub shoulders with these guys, but there's a difference between, there's a difference between you and I. I do RC for a living, you, you, you do it as a hobby. I, I do RC like this and all that type of stuff. Well, there's a difference with those guys. They race for a living. They're professionals. We need to make, we need to, we, as a manufacturer, as a company, as an industry, we're not getting the, what we should be getting out of these professional racers. We need charisma. We need, we need, um, uh, just character and, and promotion and stuff like that. That's what I want to see, but that's, that's up to the industry and the manufacturers. But yeah, that's my rant right there. About professional racing, naked batter. Um, oh man, that that is a rant in itself. Yes, uh, that's a whole. I totally, I totally agree. I'd love to get a contract and see what what's the extent of the contract. Is it one line that says you just turn up at the race and drive really fast? <laughs> yeah, and and, and then that's con- actually. I can't use that right. And be a dickhead. And, yeah, <laughs> and then just sign at the bottom, and that's it. I mean, no, that can't be the expectation on the pro driver it needs to be so much more now mm-hmm. you know it, there, there is so much more that needs to to go on there and 
I, I feel like a few of them are starting to yep. to dip their toe in a little bit, but fuck, they've got a long way to go, man. Yeah, they do. Like, they do. Really. If I had a pro yeah. driver, I'd be doing promos right now for DNC, like wrestling. I'd be like, yep, all right, we're going to make a promo. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm coming to DNC. I'm kicking ass, taking names. Don't get in my way. And but, Well, how, how's like Ryan Style Harris, man? That guy's killing it. Yeah. He's got that many videos out there. He's not a pro driver, is he? No. He's just doing this because he, he loves RC. Yes. And like, look at the amount of content that he's putting out and the amount of views that he's getting. Like, well, not as much as Mark Santa Maria, though, right now. Yeah. Mark yeah. Santa Maria is like, killing it. But he's not a pro either. No, but he's he's bridging. What Mark Santa Maria is doing is something that he told me when I went on his podcast, which I think is great. He wants to bridge the gap between bashers and racers because there is a million times more bashers than racers out there, and they still don't know what we're doing. So he's kind of their transition from that. You know what I mean? So his 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 content is more catered to bashers it, and like he went to SIC and he showed people and man he has a super following and I hope if there's 50,000 plus 60,000 followers he has on YouTube that we're getting new people in and it could be e-buggy, e-truggy, all that type of stuff eventually Nitro will come because they'll see okay this is where the glory is so there's no wrong way to do things everybody's doing the individual styles yeah. he's doing it with mostly 10 I invited him on this podcast he's, he, I think he's kind of ghosted me I think he's scared to come on the podcast Maybe he thinks we're gonna be too rough on him, but hopefully he comes on. Um, well, I think I think with a lot of the pros at the moment, they're probably their schedule is so busy yes. that they don't have the time to take a step back and and make that that really good content. Um, and that would probably need to come from the manufacturers yes. to say, okay, we're going to just rein them back a little bit, and then we're going to like pull them into the, into the studio and we're going to talk about the product that they're yep. out. They're probably repping the product really well at a racetrack. Um, and you know, there might be 500 people at the, at the right. track or something. Right. But if you can make some amazing content and you're getting tens of thousands of views, then that's a few more than 500 people. Right. So, right. I mean, look at these, these pro drive, like motocross guys, they have, they have press releases and, <clears throat> stuff that they have to be at and do and all this type of stuff for their racing. You know what I mean? Um, we kind of should expect this. Like there should be when, when we're at a race, there should be like, all right, these guys come off the race and then they can go talk to the press right there. You know? <clears throat> yeah. And some of, the, some of the old Euro tracks, man, they used to always do that. Like you go to a, to Euros and they'd have the top three and it sort of was like similar right. to you know, a Formula One mm-hmm. sort of style questionnaire at the end of the race. So, you know, that that sort of, it looked really professional and you got a bit of like background story on the race on on how the yep. drivers are going and like, you just need some more, more of that, I feel. I agree. You know what I say, Zach? If you make a big deal of it, act like it's a big deal, people would treat it like a big deal. The people that come. Even charge the spectators five bucks. Like, you know? Come in, check it yeah. out, five bucks. Here's a pamphlet all about it. Uh, yeah. Wow, this is a whole spiel we could go on. But um, definitely we need to do some work with the federations. And I'm glad you came on because it like seems like a lot of times we just harp on Raw and IFMAR, but it's not just them. It's it's all the organizations that are that are are, are having issues, but the, the head of the, all of this is IFMAR. IFMAR, they just, they're not, they're not about change right now. It's all about tradition. So, 
Yeah. We have to make that happen. All right, Zach. Well, thank you for coming on, man. Um, I appreciate your time. Is there anybody you want to shout out before I go into my my episode? My spiel here, please. Um, probably a bit of a left field shout out, but you know, Chad Parks for making a pretty cool gas truck, man. Um, we've got a few boys down in Australia now running the truck and it's just cool to get back to some grassroots racing. Um, and with, with the latest gen truck, um, I think he's done a pretty, pretty good job of that. And, um, hopefully we see some numbers yes. go back to a class that hasn't run for so long. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I, uh, my buddy got one. It, they definitely are looking good. Modern gas trucks. Do I think it's going to be the next big class? No, but I think we'll get. We'll get a class of at various races, 10 heats. Maybe it would be good to see some pros do that too once in a while, like old memories. But great kits. Yeah. If you're thinking about getting one, it's uh, Ignite RC Designs, I believe, on Facebook. And uh, we, right. we had Chad on the podcast last year as well. Uh, it's on video, so great dude. Great dude. Thank you, Zach, for all your, your time. You're going to be coming on. I love having the Australian part of it. I can't wait to get like JQ and all of us on one time to do one of these rants. It's going to, when I want you to go like in full Aussie man mode and just go on an epic F filled, F bomb filled rant <laughs> with, with JQ. Um, I appreciate your input. Thank you for your time. I know it's late. Uh, Check out uh, Pine Hills RC Raceway. Great example of a of a of a club track. We will be talking about that a lot more. A lot when when Zach comes on, he also has some a great pamphlet. If you have any questions about surfaces, tracks, anything like that, please, uh, Zach. People can just hit you up on Facebook. Yeah, man. Um, you can hit up Pine Hills Dirt Racing on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, or just yeah, straight to me, Zach Rowan, Facebook. Yeah. And we need another blog from you, Mister Fancy Pants blog. That's up on the NNRC website. Go check that out, guys. As well, it's it's a lot of good, good topics there. <clears throat> blogs are great. I love blogs, uh, especially when it's something going on and it, you can describe it so so well with words. Um, Shout out to all of the NNRC squad. Thank you guys for all of your support. I hope you guys enjoyed this. You know, we're constantly trying to do different things for the podcast. Keep it fresh. Next week, I think we're going to do like three different live shows. Not We're not going to be at DNC, but we'll virtually be there. So that should be good. And uh, shout out to all the patrons on Patreon. Thank you guys for your support. It's greatly appreciated. If you wish to be a patron, you can do that in the link that is in the written description. Shout out to all the awesome sponsors that support the podcast. Mayako. Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Sun City RC Raceway, Racecraft USA, Manscaped.com, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, RCMX, Wally Built, House of RC, and JQ Threads. Don't forget to sign up at House of RC, people. It's really important. Shout out to Rowan the Barbarian, Adam Reavy, Connor Ehlers, and everybody else that helps me out here doing my, you know, in the background here doing the podcast. It's, it's, it's good to have some help. And Zach, man. I will talk to you later. Thank you for your time, dude. Uh, remember, everybody, Nitro's the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. Uh, if you ain't grinding, you're sliding. And uh, I don't know. We need an Aussie saying. I don't know. What Do we have one real quick? We're not going to get an oi, oi, oi out of you? Oh, man. No Aussie likes that saying. <laughs> I know that. I don't I'll say just... that to anybody. <laughs> no. You're not getting anything from me, man. You have to wait for the next round, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell the story about the time I went and introduced myself to uh, Kyle McBride and his dad and the words that I used that made them go like, 
like that. So anyway, that's a story for another rant because it's it's pretty pretty bad. All right, everybody. You know what? That's the end of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, remember, subscribe on YouTube for us, please. That helps us out as well as Max JQ and hey, Lefty. I'm gonna get the outro right this time. Out. Thank you for listening to the No Name RC Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the support and love from you, the listeners. Without all of you, none of this is possible. Special thanks to our patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support the podcast further, you can at patreon.com forward slash NNRC Podcast. As a patron, you will receive early releases, special content, and patrons. Patron only giveaways. Also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website www.nnrcpodcast.com. Remember, Nitro is the glory, but eBuggy pays the bills. If you aren't having fun, it doesn't make sense. And if you ain't grinding, you're sliding lefty out. Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory, Nitro is the glory. so bad.